Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 2 and 3 of The Fires of Heaven, Viridian, and Hail Shadows. Enjoy! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to season five, episode three, um, and uh, fires of heaven, episode ninety-seven. So almost two hundred. We're almost there, guys. So close. Literally, so close. We'll be there by the end of the year, Batman. Yeah. Um, and we do have some new patrons. So we got four. So I have to say those Yay! first. We got Ross Terry. We got Radagast Forgiven. Uh, Michael Mayer, and Remy. Um, is it Remy Fontaine? Woo! John. So Mayer. thank you, guys. Uh, Michael Mayer. I you think were it's supporting my Christmas yeah. fund. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys so much. New patrons are always awesome. Uh, we appreciate you because it helps us with lots of things like giveaways. Um, and thank you, David Russell, of course. Uh, he's not here listening to us right now live, but uh, he's our top tier patron. Here's your shout out for the week. He's the and uh, moving on to uh, some numbers. Um, we are so close to hitting 150,000 downloads. We're actually at 145,000. So, oh, wow. um, we're like. Uh, like a week we're away cruising, yeah we're like a week away um awesome. we're averaging somewhere around like five thousand downloads a week it's uh it's about ten thousand a month so it's five thousand every two weeks actively crazy like i just i can't sit here and fathom the fact that that many downloads have occurred I love it's it. just going up now the tv shows come out it's, it's actually been a lot yeah um so giveaways uh we are doing a couple giveaways as of right now most of them will be done by the time this comes out, so check the socials all times. There's one going on Twitter, on our Discord, giving away a book right now, and a TikTok giveaway. So, yeah, that should be fun. And then um, a TV show. Yeah, we had a new episode come out. Do we want to talk about it? What do you guys think? O-M-G. Tavirin. Tavirin. Mm. I keep talking in the background and nobody pays attention to me except for the <laughs> listeners and the viewers and because the viewers love to hear my voice, but everybody else in the show just ignores me. All right. <laughs> I felt the whole time. So obviously I was giddy with loyal. Uh, and we talked about this offline a little bit. Um, did loyal, was it a perfect representation of what I had in my head? No. No. Did I love him? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, his voice, his acting, th- the fact that he just kept talking and rambling on and you could see Rand was like, okay, um, I'm ready to get out of this room now. And he just kept talking like, oh, I'll come with you. And then Rand leaves and he's like, oh, he's in such a rush. I mean, everything about that was just, oh, it was great. Humans, I loved it. In such a rush. I think if the show had more time, maybe they would have let him speak slower. Cause in my mind, he still speaks very slowly. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it works for the show. You can't do a five minute slot of loyal trying to explain something, you know? I mean, so, yeah, people would listen. I would. That'd <laughs> be my favorite could. part of the show. 
Uh, so, I mean, I really thoroughly, I enjoyed the episode. It definitely was not as action filled as I thought it was going to be. And then the lack of, I mean, of course we know it's missing pieces. I'm not trying to compare it to the book. I'm not one of those people, but where was men? And yeah, I mean, there, there we go. I can, I can end with that statement. Like where was men? Where's men? She, she's important. She's been cast. So she's going to be here eventually. Eventually. Um, Yeah. And and, I'll say, Mm-hmm. I'll say one of my favorite parts of the show, not just this episode, but you definitely saw it in this episode, is the relationship between Moraine and Lan. How many times yeah. has one of them asked the other a question? There was no verbal response, just eye contact, and you knew that the answer was given and they both understood each other. Like, they talked to each other so very little, but they, I think they have a better understanding and better communication than anybody else so far. It, just the acting is phenomenal, and even oh my gosh, at the end when Lan was mourning, I was and, just about to say that the way Moraine, like you could tell, it clicked in her head that this the wasn't just, just about mourning poured. this guy; it was about Lan understanding, like Lan's commitment to her and what it means, and you know how he's willing to make that sacrifice. Like there was just so much happening, just with a little bit of eye contact, a simple tear, and a banging mm-hmm. on the chest. It was phenomenal. It was. Yeah. I, I, I don't need to say anything. You definitely did that justice. I'm right there with you. The emotions conveyed between the two of them like blew me away and brought me even to tears. I was like, this guy, I don't even like, I don't really connect with him at all, but I connect with Lan 100% and he's on his knees crying and screaming. Oh. And oh. Yeah. And then, the you know, sh- I will say what did touch me and I, I wish they had put or if like they should have put a warning before the TV show was the seppuku, the the you know committing a suicide. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's that's very hard for some people to deal with, um, especially knowing that it was due to a loss of another. So, you know, mm-hmm. that right yeah. there, that'd be about the one thing. Who was that that just popped on and popped off? I don't know. People are popping in and out. Um, okay. So, um, also, they did do, give five casting announcements this week as well for season two, which was, I, I haven't shared this with you guys yet, but uh, they have casted Lord Algamar, uh, Lady uh, Emilisa. Well, those are both season one. They're going to be temporary cast. And they have reoccurring roles for Uno, yeah. uh, Masima, who's the crazy guy, um, and Inktar. Ooh. Nice. So those have all been Inktar. cast. When you get a chance, shoot us pictures. <laughs> I will. Uh, Uno is 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 spot on. Like, um, well, send, send us that one now. Like, I I need I need it. You can't talk about it. And be like, and I'll show you later. Like, like I'll show you later. Okay, okay. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me work my computers, computers, and see what I can do. While he does that, Ian, how was your week? My week. What day is today? Today is Tuesday. We recorded last Monday. Oh man. Um. So. Yeah, well, he's doing that. We'll jump in a we'll jump into personal life. I'll give my I'll give my spiel because I do have some exciting news. Uh, as most of y'all know, I'm air quotes deployed, mobilized. I don't know how to phrase it uh, because I'm still here in the states, I'm in Wisconsin, uh, helping with the Afghan refugees. And uh, I've told y'all before, I'm a civil affairs specialist. You guys can Google that to figure out what our job is. It's fantastic. I love it. However, when I got here, I was put on night shift. Uh, which led to little to no interaction with the guest, and I was very bummed about that. Um, I happened to be walking into uh, our 
um, I won't use the acronym. It's like our command center, if you will. And they were talking about uh, putting together engagement teams to go around our block of the thousand or so guests that we're in charge of and doing daily interactions with them, notifying them of, of events and things we have coming up, and then giving them an opportunity to air their grievances with us. Um, and anyways, I threw my name in the hat, and at first they're like, you can't do it because you're on night shift. I was like, I don't sleep anyways. This is like perfect for me. It's right up my alley. Uh, so I lobbied for it, got it. Uh, so I'm leading a team of uh, just myself, four other soldiers, um, doing a lot of FaceTime with with all the guests on our block, going around with the interpreters, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, those of you who know me personally, uh, I know Alan can vouch for this more than anybody. I just enjoy talking to people. I will make friends with a brick wall. I, I don't, I'm, I'm good with first impressions. Long term, I suck at life, but first impressions I'm great at. Um, this this is just right (laughs) up my alley. So, uh, for a little while I was bummed that I would have a whole year of just this horrible job that won't look great on a resume, certainly not look good on my review as a civil affairs specialist, but this mission I'm super excited about. I don't care that I'm losing sleep because of it. It's going to be great. So yeah, I'm going to get to know this whole block personally. So I'm very excited. That's awesome. And I sent you guys the links to uh, that article. Yeah, they look um, devilishly handsome. Yeah. And that's Uno? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's great. So uh, as far as my personal life, yeah, as far as my personal life goes, um, we have pretty much a packed like weekend coming up. And then last weekend, my wife went out of town, so I had the kids to myself. So we just ordered pizza and had a fun time. Um, just played lots of Legos and built stuff, and it was fun. Um, yeah, playing Legos with kids is always fun. Um, and then my mom sh- uh, scheduled a photo shoot with the kids for Christmas, so went over there to take pictures. So that was, it was it was cute. Um, and yeah, this weekend coming up, we got like uh, like holiday parties and and a bunch of other stuff. It's just a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, it's just the season, right? Yeah, um, the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Just uh, getting ready for Christmas and getting uh and and going to all these holiday parties. Um, which is gonna be fun. Uh, yeah. We're just trying to find sitter, sitters for a lot of them. <laughs> so, how about you, Chris? What's going on? Uh, you know, I'm a teacher, so that in and of itself is its definition. I have literally become, for whatever reason, the go-to person for all the people who are struggling, and you know, I have now accumulated the understanding that by February or March, we will not have a sixth-grade team at my school. Uh, it's crazy, but you know, the nature of teaching has shifted so much away from teaching and so much to guiding and counseling. You can't even call it coaching because the kids have such a high need for so many things and they're not willing to accept most of what they're getting because you know, they're kids, they don't, they're kids, but they are in their own minds, adults. So super difficult. Um, but otherwise, you know, work part-time job, enjoying, uh, you know, making a few new friends here in Charlotte and we're going to be hosting some Christmas activities here and there with a couple of people, uh, nothing too huge and, you know, gearing up for a trip home to Virginia to work on a certification for a couple of days. So I'll be in town sometime around the 17th or 18th. So yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, cool. Awesome. 
Well, let's jump right in. I'm going to change the format up a little bit uh, rather than do predictions beforehand. At the very end, I'm just going to have you guys list out what your predictions are for coming up because that I think that's more effective than me trying to go back and and try to say I got you. Like I think it'd be more uh, powerful, effective. Like you just give your off the cuff predictions. Yeah. Sure. After we're done. So yeah. So changing things off a bit. Uh, you know, Sounds new season good. we can do that. Mm. New book. Why not? Um, so let's jump right into chapter two, Ooh. Viridian. Um, and their chapter symbol is the dragon. Um, and guess where we are, guys? I have no idea. Where are we? Viridian. Viridian. Hey, <laughs> that one Ooh, whew, caught yeah. me off guard. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And Rand smoking pot. You guys all pronounce yeah. it differently. Viridian. Yeah, I always say Rudian. Yeah. Rudian. Do, do you notice that Rand's smoking the reefer? Yeah, he's, he's, he's smoking that it's, pipe. It starts high in the city of Rudian, Randall Thord looked. <laughs> so the high is applied to Rand, so Rand is high. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. High on uh, that tank. Uh, yep. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so it starts with Rand looking out the window. Um, from the, the window to the, the wall. The ruins. <laughs> um, and outside he sees Moraine directing um, the power, you know, like the towering reels, because they're, they're packing them all up because they're getting ready to leave. And they're basically taking everything because they're going to go back to take it all back to Tarvalon. Because, uh, you know, that was actually the Aiel's, you know, quest was to actually keep it safe for all this time until the Ice Dye came keep for it. it. Secret. And they didn't, they didn't even remember that. Nope. So they're like, I guess this is what we do now. Yeah, we're completing our quest. And now that Rand <laughs> yeah. has spoiled us and told us, you know, what our purpose in life has always been. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Rand. Hey, now, I know, I, I kind of know the answer to this. They're in the waste. It's a little bit harder for messages to get across and everything. You're going to say what I was going to say. Don't you do but it. But Moraine do do and it. the Blues are supposed to be so great about having their messengers everywhere and their you know, communication like all over the place. And Moraine of all the blues is, she seems to be great at it. How do they not know already the shit that's going down in the white tower? You would think that news would be so big that it would find its way everywhere real fast. I was literally going to say the the same thing, but she has been in the way so long that nobody, that she has no idea that, um, her name always leaves me. Uh, Elida. Elida. Yeah. Like, yeah, she has no idea that stuff's happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But even if the news didn't reach her, the news should have reached, um, like Tanchico or Nynaeve or whatever. And you still have Elaine, presumably going in the dreams. Like, there's so much opportunity where, I mean, this is big news. I just, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't Mm -hmm. reached them yet. So, I know you you said predictions at the end. There's no way. There's no way would have gotten a message to her. Right. There's no way we go too many more chapters without this information. If if we go halfway through this book and they still don't know, then that's a flaw in the writing. So it's got to be coming up soon that they find out. Do you know where Tim? Do you know where Timbuktu is? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Yeah, and that's pretty much where they are here. <laughs> and you know how hard it is to get something to Timbuktu. <laughs> Pigeons are durable, though. I mean. Uh. <laughs> A billion dollars in postage later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Five camels, two pigeons, and yeah. Um, right, so, it's, okay, I it's, guess. It's, but yeah, they yeah. got to find out it's, soon. This is too yeah, big a news sure. for it not to make it to them soon. At some point, yeah. So, um, yeah, Rand's just doing his Rand thing. He um, he's watching that um, 
and they, you know, comment on on Avinosaurus ascent uh, and how it's been charred. But Moraine has told told him that um, you know it still lives and it'll produce shoots again. It'll come back to life. And you have like a lot of world building or at least scenery building here. Um, you know, just talking about uh, the ruins and how pretty much Rand and Asmodian and their little battle just really just kind of wreck shit. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it was already an incomplete city, but then they kind of tore it up a little bit more <laughs> by throwing fireballs at each other nonstop for the entire end of the last book. Well, a um, Freudian stretched below him, seared by the sun, still pitless as a sink towards Cranky Mountains. Never heard that yeah. word before. Bleak and barely in a sign of vegetation, this rugged, broken land where men had killed or died over a pool of water they could step across was the last place on earth anyone would think to find a great city. Its mm-hmm. long-ago builders had never finished their work, and possibly tall buildings dotted the sky, stepped and slab-sided palaces that sometimes ended after eight or even ten stories, not with a roof, but with a ragged masonry of another half-built floor. The tower soared high yet, but stooped in jagged abruptness as often as not. So you literally have like a half-built city that still like amazes Rand, and he's now been to quite a few large cities in his travel. So like, I'm 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 thoroughly enjoying the building of the world in the TV show. And the scale of everything there. So I can only imagine how massive Roydian's going to have to look. I can only imagine. (laughs) You know what this made me think Um, of? When um, anybody else out there that's been to the the Middle East, specifically Iraq, uh, there were uh, towns, if you call it that, that when when you kind of step back and looked at it, like they were in areas where human beings really had no business living like mm-hmm. um very arid dry uh but at some point way before we were there the the soviets had come through and you know how they do they throw concrete everywhere and they made these concrete aqueducts to you know help divert water and so because you had water there you're able to have farms and then these towns were kind of built up but one they weren't built that well and then two you know many many years after the soviets left uh Things were in a state of disrepair, but the towns were still hanging on. Uh, so it, like, that's just kind of the feeling I got as as I read this. Like, it's a place that it was supposed to be grand and everything, but at the same time, there's not much to support it. I mean, you had that one little pond or lake, and without water, it's really hard to have a lot of people in one specific area living like that. So, and just unfinished, yeah. you know, just it's odd. <laughs> It's pretty much all of the non-major areas of Malaysia are like that. Um, <laughs> because, like, so if you go to, like, the major cities, they're built up and there's lots of people live there. But, like, during, like, the 90s and early 2000s, like, a lot of, like, the areas of Malaysia, because I spent a lot of time there, um, the outskirt areas tried to, like, they had a, if we build it, they will come kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah. So they would build, like, they would build all these theme parks and, like, giant hotels and everything like that. And, and then no one came. came because... <laughs> So like you have like like literally we walk past and like there's like roller coasters and it's a completely empty theme park and it looks like pretty new but there's weeds still growing up everywhere and like you're like what's going on there? It's like yeah we built the theme park but then it went out of business because no one ever showed up and I was like why'd you do that? They're like well, we figured people would show up if we did. I was like did you advertise? Like we figured if we build it they would just start showing up. And we're like <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that's not how this works. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
So what are the billboards all over this world like trying to get people to come to Rudion? It's like, come to Rudion. We have a pond. <laughs> like, that's it? That's the selling point. That's, that's we have one large effing tree. <laughs> well, and the tree's almost dead. It's it's barely hanging on. Well, it's it's hibernating. I won't say dead. Sure. Do you believe in sure. magic? Because we do. Come to Rudion. <laughs> come to Rudion. We, we've almost finished our city. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyways, um, so Rand turns his attention back to the Aiel clan chiefs that are in the room with them. Um, there's six out of 12 there, um, and, you know, kind of wants, you know, wanted more to show up, but he's also trying to figure out how can he get them to go ahead and just join with him right now and do what he, what he says. And he's even asking, like, what do I need to do? And the clan chiefs are like, yeah, well, you just wait. And he's like, that's not the answer I want. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, we need to be on the move, so... What do you think about this scene with the clan chiefs? Like, I, I thought, go ahead. Uh, I thought it was cool. The, you know, they talked again about the role of the chiefs. They're not kings, and the chief of chiefs is certainly not a king. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, they're kind of like, you know, first among equals. Um, so I like how they put that in perspective, and I, I like that type of governance also. Like, even if you're a chief of a clan, yeah, you get a little bit more respect and maybe final word on some things, but you're still part of the clan. You're not above the clan. Uh, and the chief of chiefs also mm-hmm. fills that role. Right. So in what Rand has in his mind and what he wants to do, that role isn't very conducive to that. He wants to, you know, force his will and wants things to be a certain way, and he wants everybody to hurry up and just get behind him, but this culture here and the position he holds this, you know, chief of chiefs isn't really conducive to that. So he's, he's got a hurdle to get over here. Yeah. And, and the clean chiefs are really, really distraught, distraught about, you know, ran revealing, you know, that they used to be basically tinkers yeah. and fall the way of the leaf. Um, and, you know, I think earlier you said like, why would that be that big of a deal? I think we talked about that last book and, and really cause their entire culture is built around Giotto and built around honor and talks about this here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're descendants of dishonorable people that broke their codes and were dishonorable, like just shakes their core of every kind of fabric of their society. Like their entire society is based, based around this concept. And you just completely just destroyed that, like the fabric of it completely. Like, yeah, that's not the truth. The truth is you guys are hundred percent dishonorable and you're the ones that who broke all the rules and, and, and definitely fall, you know, fell, fell away. And, I think that's what made, makes a chief a chief in this group. I mean, looking at him being the chief of chiefs, they found him furniture that was suitable for a king. They, you know, when it comes to the furniture there in the waist, they found a table, which wood is nearly non-existent, and they found mm-hmm. a chair for him to sit in. But he still joined them on the pillows on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. this level of humility that the chiefs show, and then it's almost, I'm not going to call it democratic in essence, but the people have a say in the way things go. The voice of the people is heard. So, you know, I think the ultimate sacrifice of the person that becomes a chief is the realization that he alone has to bear the knowledge that they have no honor and that they're working endlessly and tirelessly to create an honor right? or to really just become honorable people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rand kind of called him out, though. I don't know. Did he say it out loud or think it in his head when he was like, well, I mean, they they should have known. And, and it was almost like should have known all along. Like, why why live a lie? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I yeah. <laughs> going back to how like the first among among equals thing, it also it it adds less power to Rand and more responsibility. Even one of the other clan chiefs was very open in the his criticism of Rand. You know, we followed up with, you know, I'm going to follow you, but by the way, I think what you did is fucked up. Like, you shouldn't have fucking done that. I mean, I'm still going to follow you. My people are going to follow you, but you done did fucked up, A.A. Ron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to think, uh, looking at my notes real fast. Yeah, and then they say that the Shido is not going to join them. Kuladin's pretty much now in tr control of the Shido. And uh, a lot of people have gone and joined the Shadow as well. So this is, you know, the breaking of the Aiel. They've definitely gone two different ways because Kuladin's claiming to be the, the Karkon, the Dragon Reborn, and that Rand lied to them. And there's a lot of people that have followed him now. So um, basically the conclusion of the meeting is, is let's wait for the rest of the clan chiefs to come in. Hopefully they join our side and not the Shadow. And let's keep an eye on the Shadow and make sure that they're not causing too much problems. I mean, Rand even goes as far as suggesting spying on them. And it's like spying mm -hmm. is too dishonorable to do. Nobody would spy on their own. Now, I, I think this is where I kind of got confused was because we're talking about sex, sects versus, um, shoot. Um, You're talking clan? about, yeah. Like we had, we had maidens from the Shido and the maidens. We're here, so but there's you're not different. Get anything other than that. Think about it like as job titles are like fraternities, like within different countries. So like, the different clans would be like the different countries or different states or whatever you want to call it. And then the the different different sects are like the stone dogs, are the maidens of the spear, are you know there's a bunch of different ones, um, and they're like kind of societies within within the different um, gotcha. clans. So every clan has the same like societies within their clan but they all like pledge allegiance to their clan and then they and then they have their own like specialty groups gotcha you know throughout the different clans so that's where that's where the two different things come in so it's like the mos they join the army but then they go in and be infantry gotcha yeah so it right. might be in different units but you know the so the they're cooks, going the cooks from one unit, unit might still be good with other cooks with their actual branch that's interesting yeah. 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 So kind of a, and, and when they go to certain places, they definitely, they line up not based on clan. They line up based on specialty. Um, they talk about that when they got to um, uh, the golden bowl or whatever. Yeah. Everyone kind of broke away from the clans. Um, I just thought it was interesting how they kind of disregarded their clan for their sect. In some cases. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the Shido, we got some of the maidens, probably not all mm -hmm. of them. We got some mm -hmm. of the maidens, but, we're not really getting anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very intriguing. Uh, someone said that's not actually right. Zul's typing. Oh. So Zul correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, she will. <laughs> Am I backwards? <laughs> she will. Chris got it wrong. Okay. Okay, that's what I was saying. So that's why I said I was confused. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought I explained yeah. it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, um, moving on. Um, so then Moraine and Egwene show up and... Uh, Rand kind of dismisses all the clan chiefs to turns of focus to them. And right around the same time, our good friend, uh, Jason Natal, um, Asmodian, uh, good old, good old Asmodian, uh, shows Asmodian. up. Asmodian. Yeah, Asmodian. Uh, and he was play playing the harp. Song. He's playing the harp in the background, you know, Do definitely setting the mood for different things and changes it depending on what the conversation is, kind of being funny and jestery at the same time. So. 
let's talk about this interaction uh, between Rand and Egwene and Moraine because there's definitely a lot of tension there. And they talk about how they ran, ran a lot of internal monologue about what Rand thinks about all this. Well, I mean, almost instantly, there's use of the power of the source, and he could feel it being used. And so he's like on the defensive, but not being defensive. Like, I'm going to steal myself and I'm going to protect myself, but I'm not going to outright attack anybody. I'm not going to let them get my goat. I'm going to make sure that they realize I'm in control of my ish, which I thought was a really good power move on Rand's part. Because the last time they interacted like that, he stated himself, he's like, I kind of went off the deep end and definitely, you know, yoked them up by their neck and showed them what the fact of the matter was, which was I'm stronger than them. But this time he sensed, he assessed, and he made the smarter decision of I'm going to prod them in the direction I want them to go into. And so you, you clearly have this, you know, struggle between the two groups of we can help you, let us be of assistance, you know, you will miss us when we're gone. Or, you know, you let us help you, we tell you what we know, you tell us your plan, we maybe make it work, we maybe change it. And he's not having that. He being Rand. Mm, he's like, yeah. no, that's not good for me. So I had, I had one little note here um, on the part where it's abruptly something seemed to strike him across the shoulders for all the world like a thick hickory stick. Only the slight feel of goosebumps on his skin, not likely in this heat, told him that one of the women had channeled. Uh, but I thought up to this point, Anytime he had felt like the prickly, the channeling, the coolness, the yada, 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 it had actually been because of him channeling and that he couldn't actually sense when women are channeling. I guess question no, I mean, mark. No, but so then later we... Yeah, later I should, well... We, I know later in the chapter we find out that Asmodian was doing some shit also. But then it made me think back. Like, So we talk about how men mm -hmm. can't see when women are doing it, and maybe that's the difference, and the women can't see the weaves that the men are doing. But there were things like when Rand got healed and others got healed by Moraine, they felt the chill. So they could, I guess, can mm -hmm. they sense it a little bit and feel it a little bit? It's just that they can't see it? Uh, sure. Sounds or... Right <laughs> <laughs> Alan's okay. not giving us anything. Like... It's like, eh, you, you may be there, you may not be there. I think you're kind of hitting yeah, the well, nail on the head. If, if you I, go if you go back and pick at the pieces so far, how far we've gone, you can figure that one out, probably. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> it gets, it gets yeah, definitely yeah. explained can, in, can, in black and white eventually, but um, but if you go back and look at the pieces, it's, yeah. Sure. Yeah, he can definitely it's, been going on since I, it's been going on since the very beginning of the books in either world. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that... I, I guess, and maybe I'm running too far with this with my imagination, but is this something that's, again, telling us that Rand is unique and his powers are unique? Um, Jordan has definitely put emphasis time and time again that women can't see men, men can't see women channeling, yada, yada, yada. But then we get this little bit of overlap of the chills or this, that, and the other. Are we going to get to a point where... Uh, Rand, oh, yeah. as a male channeler, can very much see or okay, sense so, the weaknesses so of females we did, enough. We, we already did, did we get, get to the point where Nynaeve and Egwene can? Yeah, so we did get this in uh, this answer already in the Shadow Rising in the very beginning when they're in the in the Stone of Tear and Rand goes to train with Egwene in the lane, and they're testing him, 
Yeah. And he pointed out they got goosebumps whenever he's and they're like, that's not pop. Like, and they thought it was really weird. Like men can feel us channeling. Oh, like, that's right. Can. Um, and they're like, we can't feel anything when you're doing it. And, and he's like, well, I get goosebumps every time you, one of you guys do it. That's right. So, so we've yeah. had hints. So that about did, it. Yeah. So it had, did say that. And, but I mean, you 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 got to hear what Ian's question really is: Is this a Rand specific or a men specific? Men, M E N, right? Specific, right? Right. I'll go with yeah. Rafa for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, I I have a so. couple of different like thoughts or theories on this, and so we have this understanding that it is the job of the Red Aja to remove men who can channel from the world. Now, part of me thinks that maybe this is out of fear of men who may be created from women with the gift that were not discovered. So like maybe Rand's mother was actually, or could have been an Aes Sedai. Like maybe or a channeler. Was, yeah, or channel. Like I'm not saying she was specifically an Aes Sedai. A wildling. But maybe she could channel, and, or like maybe she was a wisdom. Like mm. maybe she was a, a, a healer and, you know, got called out for being a witch or something. And that's why she ran to the waste. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. she didn't want to go to the tower. Yeah. Mm. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, and then maybe because he's born of a woman who could channel, he can sense the power. Maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, we have plenty of reasons to think that Rand is going to be unique and have more powers than others have had before him. Yeah. Yeah. But what made him unique? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to know. Moranus' mother. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah right. and, and Tom's his dad. That's yes. why That's why Tom's been following him so much. They actually traveled in with the unicorn forward in time <laughs> and back in time and procreated throughout the right. entire timeline. They borrowed Tam's time machine, went back, knocked the boots. <laughs> that's why both of them are so right. invested in in helping the boys out they're like yeah. we don't know which one of them is our child but one of them <laughs> yep. anyway keep going and and yeah so as they're having this conversation moraine and ran and Egwene ran um you know kind of comments like well if you're going to carry this all back to carvalin and um have kadir that the the guy from the the peddler or whatever uh driving the wagons you better watch him closely or guard him um because he probably won't deliver him there. And all of a sudden he gets smacked by, <laughs> by air. <laughs> and he knows who it is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's like, Rain won't do that. But yeah. I, I, and he almost, uh, I think he does actually embrace Sidene and yeah. thinks about lashing out. And he actually calms himself down. And he's like, you know what? That's not the right thing to do. I'm better than that. I'll just, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's like he, he has definitely grown in maturity and in control. So, we're, mm -hmm. so we've seen a change in Rand and not getting too far ahead, but we're seeing a change in all of these characters as they start to lose their um, one up. They're losing their advantage. And so tempers are running short. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was kind of like a literal slap in the face, but it was a figurative slap in the face to Moraine for him to make that statement like, she knows what these men are capable of. Mm -hmm. She's been doing this a lot longer than he's been even in the the real world, if you want to call it that. I mean, well, this is a year and a half in. How far have we been in to this world for real? 
Um, I have to go look at the timeline. There actually is a website you can go. I'd say less than two out. years. Yeah. So um, like she's been. It's at, been over a year. Yeah, but... she's been at this game for a long time, and he's really new to it. And here he is mm-hmm. trying to tell her how to run the show. Like it, it is quite embarrassing, but you know, yeah. at the same time, he is showing some care towards her. And at the end yeah. of the day, they're taking these Angreal and Ta Angreal away from Roydian. When Rand could just as easily say, "Nope, I'm not allowing it." Yeah, and and then this next scene, um, you have Moraine, you know, saying like, "Well, I need to talk to you about something. I need to show you something. Can you get Jason and Tal to go away?" And Rand's like, "Nope, no, he's my he's my Gleeman. He can stay." And Egwene comments like, "You got that big headed where you need your Gleeman around." And and it, you get the internal dialogue of Rand where he thinks, you know, he's not gonna tell him why. The reason is because he doesn't trust him. <laughs> He doesn't want him out of his sight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, but he's not going to say that. He's just like, I like my gleam. He's like, this is the gleaming of the dragon, the dragon reborn. reborn. <laughs> like, you cannot tell him to go away. He's writing my story. Which it probably <laughs> makes the the girls here think, all right, that's one more step towards madness. Right? Because yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's very out of character of the Rand they knew. But actually, this mm-hmm. is a calculated move by Rand. Uh, which, to me, for the reader, makes it seem like he's very much in control of his, of his thoughts and his now, wants. Now, as and... you're paying attention to Rand, do you think the same way I do, which is all these men who are supposedly going mad, are they doing exactly what you've been talking about for the whole series, which is gaining knowledge of their past selves and thinking they're going mad because they're getting all of their memories back? Yeah. Maybe they're just getting overwhelmed by it. Not everybody can handle it. Yeah. You know, and we've even, so we're seeing Matt struggle with that. Um, He's gaining memories. Uh, I think he's doing better now, but there's been parts where it's the, all right, old tongue, what the fuck's going on? uh, And he's processing it. And maybe his is coming at him in doses that he can handle. Um, But yeah, I I can imagine some people, if it comes too quick and uh, not to jump to the show, yeah, but I think the show did a great job of showing that when Legain was standing there and he was trying to make a decision and all these voices in the background telling him what to do. And Legain, at least in, in that scene, you know, decided to do his own thing versus listening to the voices. But I could see how, if you have those voices in your head, if you have these past lives that are slowly creeping up on you, how it could be overwhelming and make you feel mm-hmm. like you're going mad. Agreed. Yeah. So Moraine, eventually concedes and, wait, and, wait. and, and so all the guys really need is a good therapist they yeah, don't need exactly. to be gentled they just need somebody that they can talk to about all of this and yeah. work through yeah. it yeah yeah there you go <laughs> so yeah so now marine pulls out what she wants to show um rand which is giggity <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the seals uh, yeah, I was, I was waiting for the giggity. That's one of the paws. <laughs> you teed it up. Um, I knocked it out of the park. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the seals. Um, this seal's definitely broken. Uh, probably Is it a wet seal? Is that what she showed uh, him? A wet seal? I think, it ha- I think it had some meth. Uh was broken a little bit. You yeah, know, probably like, probably escaped, escaped a few killer whales and just got strung out from it. Um, yeah. You know, but Resting on you an can train iceberg. To, you, can train, you can train the seals to hold a beach ball, though. So, you know, this one, probably not. <laughs> broken. Um <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's really, really bad. Um, like it's chipping apart and she even comments like this is supposed to be the strongest thing in the entire world. And Randy even thinks about it. Like nothing's supposed to be able to destroy this thing, but like, it looks like anyone with a simple hammer could just shatter this thing. No problem at all. 
Well, and then it, of course it asks the question, it begs the question, are all of them in this shape or is this one in this shape? Because you got to think about it. This seal has been in Roydian. <laughs> With which, no water. Which, no water. One teeny ass pond. You know, <laughs> but Roydian was a place devoid of time. Um, or it had too much time. It was moving forward and backwards and left and right. And maybe because of where it was, there was such a pool or drain on the power that was used to create and make the seal. So, so is we in the time tombs and then the strike's going to come out? And that's right. Yeah, crossover. yeah. A little crossover. <laughs> so, okay. That's a possibility. I won't nix it, but I was hesitant when you said that because in, I was in my mind. I'm already developing a theory on what breaks down the seals, um, and we oh, talked about there's there's no power that man has control over. Man or woman have control over that can actually affect the seals. Short so, of the creator himself, right? Uh, but obviously, time does affect it. So unless you have the ability to uh, change the speed at which the wheel turns you can't actually slow down or speed up the degradation of these seals. It's inevitability that at some point all of these seals are going to fall apart. Agreed. So I guess there's, but, but then we have different seals that have already broken and some that are still holding and, and some are like slowly chipping away. So what made some stronger than others? Who Maybe you have a point in some areas they're affected by time a little bit differently or uh, let's go back to end of the eye of the world where um, our forsaken are talking about those that are, you know, closer to the inner part of the wheel versus the outer part of the wheel and how it affects them differently. Maybe the seals are affected the same way, but time seems to be the only thing that degrades them. I think. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And you know, Moraine starts pushing Rand for the plan and he refuses at first and, you know, and she kind of gets up, yeah, you get this little frustrated moment. It's like, are you just going to stay here forever? You know, like just stay in the ways forever. And that's just your plan just to hide until the last battle. And, and Rand finally, after being provoked, is like, okay, I plan on bringing 11 Aiel clans over the dragon wall and unite all the lands. That's that's what I'm going to do. Um, I called it. Yep. <laughs> Although at this point, I don't think he's going to get all of them. The <laughs> By force, if need be. And, uh, yeah. And, and Moraine's like, I think that's the worst thing you can do. I, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. But, uh, but you do you. You think you know best. I'm going to let you have this one. It wasn't the plan, but it was a plan. A plan. <laughs> yeah. And Moraine, Moraine seems to think that the White Tower is going to be the ones to unite all the land behind the Dragon Reborn. And that, you know, you need to go to the White Tower and do it that way. Spoiler alert, Moraine. That ship has yeah. sailed. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Black Tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Moraine just laughs that off, literally. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's like, you know, the only thing keeping these the people that I have, you know, conquered, if you want to use that word, in check is the fact that I left the sword of Kalendor there. Right. He's like, people are manipulative. They're looking for opportunities. So they're selfish. Opportunistic. They're selfish. And the only way that I'm going to win them over is through force and sheer numbers. And I have that. And I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And every one I yield is worth four regular humans. So, you know, yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. And Marine ends it with saying, just be careful and leaves him with Egwene, who is not very happy at him. So um, you got to 
upset Egwene. Um, and yeah, Egwene tells him he's not. Ha- she's not happy. I'm. I'm upset. I'm not uh, happy with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this whole scene. You with- stubborn-headed mule ox with balls of a camel. <laughs> Wasn't that in there? Camel balls. Something, something. Jeez. <laughs> Never used that one before. <laughs> uh, well, so a melon couldn't be swollen enough for your head, Egwene muttered, folding her arms, breathing her breast. And a stone couldn't be as stubborn. Moraine is only trying to help you. Why won't you see this? I think uh, the exact quote was like, why you stuck up half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> I think like that's it. Quote, right? Nailed it. Yeah, that's the quote, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, I I love the fact that Rand is continually reminded that you may think you are the shit, but back at home, bro, you are nothing. It's that one guy. So there's, I, <laughs> I have a friend. I love him to death. I won't use his uh, his name, but he's a uh, F the third, and this is the kid that from elementary school all the way up was picked on. And like naturally, me and my boys, like we kind of adopted him in. It wasn't like we felt bad for him because he was a cool guy and like he just had an odd look about him. And then we didn't really know his story and everything that had gone on with him. But we just like, all right, cool. You're, you're, you can be one of us. Like stay on the outskirts. We'll accept you. We're not going to hide you, but you know. So like over the years, he became just really good friends, but and he just made this the dumbest decisions like he tried hard at everything but yeah this is the guy that couldn't get high enough to go into the army on the ASVAP Ooh, like buddy. scoring like 18s on Single the ASVAP digits. <laughs> I've met those guys three times like <laughs> so yeah. then he like he and he's always had in his mind he's like I'm gonna be a sportscaster like I'm going to be writing for ESPN and then like you look at his Facebook post you look at his his work and it's like you're not putting sentences together yeah good luck and now he like gets paid to go to the Super Bowl and gets paid to go to basketball games and like he went all the way out to Washington State and they got picked up by a newspaper and then he's been on ESPN and he's like flourished and he's blossomed into this really amazing person and like he's grown into his features so he's like handsome and he is you know very i'm not gonna say necessarily an intellect but he definitely has thoughts that are good and (laughs) he's got editors that help him out a lot so now he's like he is the person he wanted to be but it took a lot of like self-reflection self-encouragement and a lot of push and then the stubborn streak of, like, I'm going to achieve my goal. We still see him as F the third, the Kai that hung out with us. Mm-hmm. But then you look at his Facebook feed and stuff, and you're like, eh, he's a lot better than what he used to be. And that's what I think of when I think of Rand. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that whole scenario, it's biblical, man. Uh, even, um, was it Jesus talks about how, like, it's impossible to be a prophet in in the place where you're from but essentially you know the people you grew up around they they have a a mental picture of you and they know you who you were uh and it makes it harder for them to see the you that you've become well dude i'm a saint at home that's uh so we we have we have that issue um shoot in this unit that i'm in right now 
it's a it's a transportation company um, that I got attached to. So there's a couple of guys that recently they went from a lower enlisted specialist, uh, became an NCO, an E5. So now they're supposed to be in charge. Well, they promoted Mm -hmm. them to this leadership position, but kept them in the same unit. Normally, Uh, within the reserves, when you get promoted, they move you to another unit for a very good reason. mm -hmm. It's, It's hard sometimes for a group of people that were your peers to now take orders from you. Um and we have a couple guys yeah. that are struggling with that now because they were recently promoted and then they got thrown into these leadership positions and now we're mobilized and I'm expecting them to act like leaders, but they have soldiers that don't want to listen to them because only six months ago they were peers and now we're drinking together and right. Yeah. They don't see <laughs> you know, as that. Right. It's a hard thing to overcome. Uh, and that's very much Rand is going to constantly deal with that with uh, the people that left Edmondsfield with him because they're always going to have. Mm-hmm that image of who he was versus what he is now. But I think that keeps yeah. him grounded. Like Rand has the power and authority to literally have Egwene beat if he wanted to. I'm using the extreme, but he could have her kicked out of Roydian. He could, you know, have her removed. Well, arguably, because she is like really tight with the women in the, the group here. But, you know, in my mind, he could do any one thing to her that he wanted to. Instead, he just, like, he's laughing. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You guys think you know everything, but you don't. But I'm going to give it to you. It is what right. it is. And he yeah. talks to her like she's an equal, which is really cool. Yeah. And then he hears a voice in his head, and he freezes. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that. Yes. Yeah. Thoughts. I suppose it wouldn't hurt to be civil. Maybe I should apologize. And then Ilian never flashed her temper at me when she was angry uh, with Ileana. herself. Sorry, you know, I can't pronounce these names. Yeah. When she gave me the rough side of her tongue, it was because she... I'm going to finish the sentence. She loves me. <laughs> like, he is realizing that Egwene is still in love with him. But do you know whose voice that was? Lose Theron. Yeah. He has, I don't want to say he's what losing he, it. He's gaining it. Right. Oh, he's gaining it. Okay. Making connections. Yeah. And that, so that this is where we talk about earlier. This is maybe what that madness is, is the reconnection and, you know, bl- the, the blurring of the lines of what is now handle, and what was and everything. The minds okay. that can handle the, the, the timelines becoming one are the ones that aren't broken. And I think this is what the difference is in this turning of the wheel is like, we finally have a dragon reborn that is strong enough to accept all of these thoughts and all these feelings and all these emotions and memories from his past selves as part of his being, but then also differentiate who he is in this time and then use that to his advantage. Well, and back to what you yeah. said about Egwene, especially in this scene, helping to keep him grounded and remind him who he was and where he came from. He he might do better at surviving this uh, compared to other false dragons or dragons or reincarnations loose there in the past or whatever. He might be doing better now because he has that supporting cast of characters that help keep him grounded. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why if you remove a peg on the stool... yeah. He can't do the this by himself. Thing will crumble. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And he's trying, but the will keeps pulling these people back to him. I mean, 
we have Matt who comes to him in a few. We have, you know, Perrin who's removed himself from him. But let's think about what Perrin's done. Perrin, Perrin has saved their home. Mm-hmm. And then he's also brought a whole nother kingdom through his marriage into this equation, which I know is going to turn out to be Duran's benefit in another book or three. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, and the queen gets nervous with this. Like once she sees Rand freeze, like she's like, is something wrong? Like, do we need to get Marine back here and heal you? He's like, you can't be healed. Don't worry about it. How's Elaine? Let's talk about Elaine. Let's change the subject. Let's talk about Elaine. <laughs> and, you know, she turns to leave, and as she does, a goblet of wine floats across the room, and Rand snatches it on the air real fast and, like, gives Asmodee a little Plays it off like he did that. Tell. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, pretty pissed. And Gwen doesn't see it, luckily, but, uh, you know, uh, turns around, and I guess she says, Elaine loves you, and she walks out. Yeah, she did. You know, I... We get the reason why. Why Egwene will always love but never completely connect with Ran again. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say never. I'm going to say for the current moment. Will not connect with Ran again. And she's like, you know, Egwene did not send me with this message, but I'm going to make sure you hear it. She's like, I feel bad that I kind of pushed her towards you, but Egwene really does love you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could be a better person for her for no other reason. And... You know, I think eventually there's going to be that triangle of mm-hmm. Egwene, Elaine, and Rand. Okay. I'm, I'm interested to see. Like, I like again, I'm going back to last time where I think it'll be the two of them that kind of link themselves through the the necklace and the, the bracelets. Okay. So... And then, you know, Interesting. The, the floating of the cup kind of surprised me, too. I was like, your boy is openly channeling. <laughs> like, he's quite bold. Very bold. <laughs> but, you know, part of me is like, he probably wants to see if he could not, if he can be seen and be discovered and then maybe be offed because he doesn't want to deal with the Dark One when he escapes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they, like, take him and then he finds out he can break away from the women because... He thinks he's stronger, so I, he's probably got his own little play that he's, you know, going towards. He wants to see how Rand's going to react. He's also testing and flexing his power and seeing what he can and can't do. You mm-hmm. know, this is a very slime man. Yeah. Ileana. Um, Ileana. Ileana. I mean, Elaine. I mean, Egwene. I mean, I- oh, shit. Wiz I is. Yeah. Who did, who, uh, so Chris Chris predicted that the three, I guess, that uh, Egwene and Elaine um, are going to be in a love triangle with Rand. Did you have predictions about Rand's significant others? Uh, Elaine, Min, Lanfear. And if it's not Lanfear, <laughs> uh, who's our I.O. Maiden? What's her name? Avienda. 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 I, I actually think Avienda, Elaine, and Min. Um, I, I, I don't think it'll be Egwene. I think Egwene will remain that sister-type love, um, not so much the romantic moving forward. I agree with you on that one. I know I said that a, a little while back because of her reactions and everything. It's just so confusing right now. These books, I'm telling you, you want to know, we're going to kind of go off topic a little bit, but with Chanel reading the first book, she's asking me so many questions. And I'm like, wait till book 13. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. 
That's when it comes yeah. together, I think. That's when it all comes together. <laughs> Book 13. That's the, the, the one That's the one that everybody's waiting to read. Book 13. Uh, yeah. It's <sighs> a good one. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah. Anything we missed from this chapter before we move on to chapter three? Three? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Yep. Chapter three, Pale Shadows. And our chapter symbol is the dice. The good old dice. Which usually means Matt. Which yeah, we get Matt. We get Matt here. So it's, it's, we don't start with Matt. We start with Rand. Because Rand's pissed. Hmm. <laughs> Rand's like, nigga, didn't I tell you not to do no magic in here? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, so um, yeah, so Rand seizes Sidine and snatches uh, Jason Natal up and like lifts him off the cushions and basically starts like like just chewing them out chewing them out. Like he's like no forsaken ever channels in front of other people ever again. Like you will never do that. Like, so this is like one of those moments where I really appreciate Jordan for his choice of words. It's not like Rand reached out to or Rand drew on. Like Rand snatched that shit out of the air. Like I have done that to people. Like I, so Thanksgiving Day I played football with Chanel's family, and I had her little sister on my team. Her little sister's twenty seven, so she's not really that little, but you know, she's a girl. Her boyfriend goes and like snatches her hoodie and pulls her in, and then snatches her flag. Hmm. I'm like, dude, that's a bitch move. Just because she outran you. Like, you didn't have to grab her hoodie and bring her in. He's like, oh, it was a mistake. I'm like, no, you intentionally grabbed that hoodie because she was leaving you behind. Mm. And that was the only thing you could get a hold of. So then he has a play. He's running. He tries to hit one of these jukes. And, you know, when I put my arm straight out. like You cover some ground. I cover <laughs> a lot of ground. Half the field. It's like, he jukes into my arm and I, like, seized him into the air with one arm, <laughs> picked him up and started carrying pluck, him backwards. Pluck his, pluck his flag off of him. Got him. I did. <laughs> As I'm carrying him backwards, I take this flag from him. And everybody's staring at me and him, and they're like, oh, shit. He just snatched him out of the air. Like He was running, and now he's not running anymore, and he's going backwards. And his feet are still moving forwards, but he's moving. Yeah. I can see this like image of the power with the taint just quickly coming from the air along Rand's hand and then snatching up. Yeah, that's this good. Yeah. Asmodian. I what, well, I like what cracks me up about it. So I didn't focus on that as much, but that's a very cool, very cool imagery. I was thinking about how complicated this is going to be for Rand. Rand had this great plan, like, oh, I got somebody that could teach me. But he has somebody that once he cut him off from the Dark One, once he cut him off from what this guy is convinced mm -hmm. is the only thing that protects him from going mad, um, and this guy now believes that his inevitable doom is that, you know, he's going to get effed over by the Dark One himself in the very end, and that's going to be horrible. Yeah. This guy would rather be dead. So yeah. it's not like Rand can threaten him and be like, I'm going to kill you. The guy would be like, okay, please do. Yeah. So, like, you know, how is he going to actually get what he needs out of him? Uh, he's going to be very hard to manipulate and control. Uh, and, of course, I relate a lot of things to my personal life now. Uh, I have a couple of soldiers. They're good dudes, except they already know they're getting out of the Army once this mobilization is over. They don't care about promotions. They don't care about awards. 
and we're in the reserves, so it's very different than active duty. They just don't care about anything. So it's not like I could go pull rank on them and say, I am staff sergeant so-and-so, you will do this. They'll be like, fuck you, bro. I don't want to do it. So I have to find right. ways to like motivate them, and I can't use the traditional methods because they don't care about any of that. Like they don't Welcome even care to no. sixth grade. Yeah, they don't even care if they current. get demoted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna counsel you. They're like, fine, I'll sign it. Put whatever, put whatever you want on there. I don't care. Mm. <laughs> so it's like when you it's like when you put your two weeks notice in at, at, a, at those last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've already quit. You'd be better <laughs> off sending me home. <laughs> Send yeah, me I'm home like, with pay. I'm That's the just best thing you can do. Yeah, it's the best thing you do. I'm not gonna do the, shit for this. The minutes. best is your boss pulls you in and they're like, "All right, tell me everything that you do so I could train the next guy." And you're like, "No." No, I'm not going to do that. You want me to do that? I I'm need leaving. another ten thousand dollars for the two weeks. <laughs> <Right. laughs> the, the, the worst one ever was uh, I, I I quit a uh, a job as a as a bartender slash server at a restaurant, and um, and when I logged off my final shift, I was done. Like I didn't do my side work, which I did sweep. That's the only thing I didn't do before I left. <laughs> I went down, ordered a beer, started drinking at the bar, and one of the other like the new shift came in. It was like. Alan, you do your side work. I was like, um, I don't work here. Like, I'm a patron uh, now, not an employee. Don't come talk to me about this. Also, can uh, I have an, can uh, I have another beer? Uh, yeah. While you're uh, I don't work while you're over anymore. there sweeping, go get me another drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anymore. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't go back and sweep. I logged out. I don't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I I enjoyed Rand's plan here when it first started unfolding, but now I'm starting to see all the flaws in it, and this is mm-hmm. it, it could be very comical going forward. So yeah, yeah. This is gonna be yeah. fun. Yeah, and and and, and Asmodian slash Natel, whatever we want to call him, um, you know, he tries to justify himself, saying, "Well, she saw if you saw the goblet, you know, she, she could see the weave, so she wouldn't assume it was you." So plus, she looked thirsty. Be... I mean, yeah. I was yeah. I was helping you out, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. What he's really like, I can tell you like her. You look mad thirsty, bro. I was just trying to, you know, get, Ooh, you, get yeah. you lit, trying to see if we could turn the tides mm. on this one here that kind of thirsty yeah, yeah you look Giddy. thirsty brother mm-hmm. <laughs> but also rand's kind of getting frustrated too because asmodee is not that great of a teacher um you know and, and rand's complaining about it like that you know he's not teaching him really anything he, he doesn't trust anything that's another thing too he doesn't trust anything asmodee is saying so like right it's this really weird dynamic where like asmodee's like well anything i teach you you're not gonna believe anyway so like <laughs> asmodee's like all right step one is uh you got to learn how to snipe hunt so i want you to take this brown paper bag and when it's a full moon you just got to walk around outside and go here snipe 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 rand's like no really all right i'll try it but it sounds like you're full of shit yeah he's like yeah if you haven't been snipe hunting before hit me up in the dms uh i'll give you instructions it's very cool if you and, it, and I don't know if they're all over the U.S., but I know if you're uh, on the East Coast, like e- east of Appalachia for sure. And um, I think there's some other variations of snipe pretty much all over the U.S. and in, in Canada. So I'll give you instructions. They're very cool, cute and cuddly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like um, Asmodian is the, the Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. He's the worm tail. <laughs> it's like, you know, you got the rat. Yeah. <laughs> And you learn here a little bit about linking. That's the next thing that they talk about. Um, pegging? Yeah, talk, uh, <laughs> Yeah, pegging. Uh, linking. <laughs> pegging, whatever. Uh, this is very uh, interesting because we know that we've got 13 black sisters. Mm-hmm. Dark ones. Yeah, so that's that a full like circle. Coming together, trying to go after Rand. 
Right. And so they're so. they're looking for that definitive number, like we can beat you as long as we have thirteen. So now we're kind right. of getting the full picture of the importance of that number. When yeah. we've had hints of it before, but I like how he describes it. And assuming what he's saying is true, you can have thirteen channelers that are just like novice of novice, barely know what they're doing. But if they can channel a little bit, if you get thirteen of them together, they can overpower anyone. anyone. Like there's just right. something about that connection that makes the power swoop and right. you know can do all sorts of it's things. Exponential so that's exponential cool. growth. And, and men can't link without women. Like so, women can link on their own, but men can't link without a woman. I mean, when, when you think about it, <laughs> it makes room. Think about it for a moment. <laughs> It's uh makes sense. Yeah. 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 So because that's his idea was just to link with as giggity. Very, yeah, giggity. Yeah, that's was four out of five giggities. Yeah. To 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 learn, but that's not the way it works. Uh and apparently you can go bigger than thirteen if you have a man involved. So they can make these giant power links. Uh. So back in the Age of Legends, they used to, when the men didn't go insane, that's what they used to do to do crazy things. But, but yeah. My mind is so far in the gutter, I just don't know how uh, to respond yeah. to any of this without <laughs> being inappropriate. <laughs> so here's my, my other thought on this. Like, we realize now, or my question is, is how many Aes Sedai lost their lives to create those two statues? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we know a lot of people lost their lives to create the Eye of the World. He's talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that people died in the process of trying to cl- to cleanse amount of of Sidene to leave a pool of it available for the eye of the world, and well, it's men and women linked together to to cleanse it, and they pretty much all die, I think. Yeah. So like that 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 was one of, the, and I don't know where it came from, other than the fact that it's just so fresh. But I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I wonder how many people had to link to create these statues. Mm-hmm. With the amount of power that they help to allow the user to process, I feel like there had to have been some level of sacrifice. So, just kind yeah. of a sad thought. I'm surprised with like groups of men and women like that, and they're they're adults, so they've been around a while, experimenting. Some they should know that if you're going to do anything with the taint, it's all about uh, you know the prep work, right? You, you shower first, uh, mm-hmm. make sure you know that you know the the taint is relatively clean and you know there, there's ways to handle the taint without you know risking right you know, mm. any anything bad happening mm-hmm. so also another thing you get out of this too, uh, funny ha, ha, ha. uh <laughs> so the, the other funny thing or interesting thing you get out of this as well is when they're talking about you know he says well men are more powerful than than women at channeling and Rand's like well now i know your bullshit because moraine told me you know all the powers are equal and yada 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 and he's like He's like, well, that's the problem with the three odds anyway. Like, you can find a thousand <laughs> issues or ten thousand. Yeah, you can find a thousand. Like, as long as they believe it's true, then they can say it. That doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> yeah, he said, you know, earth, fire, air, water, and spirit. They are mm-hmm. true. They are equal true. But it is also true that what a man can do with one, a woman can also do, in mm-hmm. kind at least. But that has nothing to do with men being stronger. What Moraine right. believes to be true, she tells is truth, whether it is or not. One of a thousand weaknesses in those full oaths. Right. And then goes in the whole thing about, you know, like in general, you know, just with like muscle strength, you know, you look at weightlifting or anything like that, you know, men are stronger than women. Doesn't mean that there aren't some women that are much, much stronger than the average man. Right. But, 
There are. Or maybe but... there are certain things that their skill and technique uh, make them better at it than, than just sure. raw strength. Right. Uh, well, and we saw, uh, who was it? Was it Elaine sailing with them ladies that can channel? Mm-hmm. And they focused mm-hmm. mostly on the wind, and she learned yeah, a whole nice. lot about you know, doing yeah. the air weaves from them. And mm-hmm. like she grew her power there exponentially. I guess it goes back to the three oaths thing. We've talked about it before. Uh, the purpose might've been so that the Aes Sedai would be more palatable to the rest of the world, but they really limited themselves. I mean, right. I, yeah. I don't know this, the, to his point, you know, the, some of these females and, and we're seeing it now with Egwene and, <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Oh God, that was bad. Oh, I, I have um, um, I had a back thing I'm getting over, and now I have the sciatica pain in my hip and leg, and sneezing mm. is oh. extremely painful. Mm. Dry healing, bro. I'm telling you. I almost shit my pants. Needle. It was so bad there. Mm. <laughs> Do you ship your pants? <laughs> he just ship his pants. <laughs> We're all shipping our pants. Find a good dry needler. Oh yeah. my goodness. All right. Sorry about that. Oh. Yeah. So continue. You're talking about strength and women and, and using finesse and yada, yada. No, yada. you summed it up. Okay, cool. So yeah. Um, and then that's, this is also when Asmodee gets into his whole entire, like, well, our chance of survival is pretty much zero anyway. As soon as the dark one comes out, I'm going to slip my wrist anyway. Veins completely open and kill yeah. myself because we're going to lose. <laughs> it's fun. We're doing this, but, uh, and he's like, then why are you doing it? And he tells like that story, which I thought was really, really cool. It's like, you know, once I saw a man, you know, clinging onto the edge of a cliff and there was one tuft of grass, knowing that if you grabbed it, it's still going to come free, but he still grabbed it anyways. Like, doesn't mean human nature is still not to try, even though yeah. Yeah. survival zero. Like, Well, and he's not saying survival zero. He's recognizing that yeah. survival chance is point zero 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 Zero, one. Probability and possibility are two completely different things. Right. Hey, the the moment you succeed, the probability becomes one. One hundred. Yeah, you're there. Um, so mm-hmm. that's it's kind of like um, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's like the... Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was like a, a speed record in running. I, I think it was in sprinting. I think it was the 100, 100 meter dash where... Like it had never been broken. People thought that it was impossible for anyone to ever run that fast. Like that was going to be the record forever. It was never going to be. It was like this this ceiling that no one ever could beat. And then I think it was in the seventies, someone finally beat that record. And then within within months, several people had been like it was just like a mental block. Like mm-hmm. like once someone did it, like everyone was like, oh yeah, I can do it now. And like people started beating that. You know, now, tons of people can be faster than that. Like, was, uh-huh. High schoolers kind of, are running faster than that. Faster now. than that now. Yeah. So, but like, it's, yeah. So Mine's a powerful thing. To, yeah. Think, you, to, think to, you can, try and you will. Yeah. Do or do not. Is it really there? That there way? is no I'm going to go on the roof and fly tonight. Yeah. I mean, let's work on your will first. Um, yeah. Can you at least that. send me the rest of your books? Because I, I, <laughs> I only got through Lord of Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so well, hopefully you're back me. before uh yeah before we need him before we come before we need <laughs> book seven um but yeah so anyway um uh, thoughts about asmodians i guess we are touching a little bit but his whole yeah i mean i get his perspective i get it yeah and what what reason does he have to hope for anything better you know yeah 
the only yeah. the only thing that might change is if he spends enough time with Rand and sees what Rand is doing, and maybe if he gets to the point where he truly believes, like, okay, maybe Rand is powerful enough, maybe he is the dragon, and maybe he can do X, Y, Z. If if Asmodian starts to buy in to what Rand is doing and can do, then we might be able to get more out of him. But if not, it's just going to be a lot of comedy, I think, of Rand trying to, you know, get him to get on board to help him. You know, Asmodian pays close attention to things, whether we realize it or not. He said, eh, you know, there was a thing that you found in the square that day that we met. You know, if you got that, we might have a chance. Yeah. And Rand's like, forget that. Destroyed it. He's like, there were two of them. You don't need to know that. But no, they're gone. And he's like, eh, and so is our chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> He said, the, the Dark One will consume you alive, and as for me, I intend to open the veins the hour I know he is free, if I get the chance. A quick death is better than what I'll find elsewhere. You know, again, that whole grasping for straws, we don't know when the Dark One's going to return, and Asmodian realizes now he's kind of lost it all mm-hmm. when it comes to this connection, and if he's not careful landfear still has a lot of control like he could easily be stilled at any moment he'd really be in a bad situation so we realize that he's just kind of biding his time till the end so he's having fun with Rand. he kind of goads him along like eh, i'm gonna pick at you now because i have the ability to do that i have nothing to lose and you have everything and then he even like i said goading he provokes him he's like you know, why didn't you go ahead and end it? Like, wasn't this you and Lanfear's plan? Like, didn't you guys come up with this together? So he's clearly also prodding to find out the depth, depth yeah, what's of the their end relationships. Game here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there a way out? Again, he's the Peter Pettigrew. He's the rat. Like, he's trying to find that way to kind of ease on out of there and, and be free again. So he's poking holes in everything that's going on with Rand at the moment. And, you know, he's he's even stated, like, I've taught you everything I could teach you, everything that's worth learning. Like, you can channel at will. You are not completely overwhelmed by the power. Like, what more do you want from me? Just, just let me be. So. We haven't talked much recently about Rand's first request, and that's learning how to guard himself in the dreams. That's true. Yeah. So we, oh, I don't know. Hopefully we circle back to that. I know that's something Rand's worried about. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Um, And then I guess the next scene we have is a group of maidens come in. And, um, yeah, I said that, uh, um, like the clan chiefs, the maidens are uneasy about um, uh, the change that Rand has brought. They kind of start going to that. Um, Yeah. So that's how we end this section. Uh, well, him weaving the trap so his men can't leave and then fall in the maidens. Yeah. Not just that. He can't even enter. Yeah. There's not a male that can that can channel that can enter or exit the room. Mm-hmm. So it's still not keeping Lanfear out. But mm. So you know, we got to watch out for that. We don't know what she's up to. We don't know where she's at. We don't know what tricks she could play. And she's always like, playing all might, sides. Yeah. yeah. She might go yeah. and make some back-ended deal with our Jason Natal, our Asmodian, to like, hey, you keep him on a short leash and uh, I'll vouch for you with the dark one. And, and we also got a new term. I, we skimped over this. I want to go back a little bit. I'm going back now. 
Mm. Check this out. Back it Check up. Check this out. <laughs> I was backing it up. That's All old right. school. Girl, you got to turn. Shit right there. We got to turn. Good yeah. when you back that thing up. Yeah. Put your floaties on, people. In, in, in inverted weaves. Oh. It's like when the planes go inverted and like Goose flips them off and you know takes a picture. Right. Polaroid. Yeah. Inverted weaves. So they that. working on international relations there. Kinda. That's what that is. Where yeah. was that? Because I remember that, but it was something. It was like very early in the chapter. Yeah, uh, they were talking about, I guess, uh, the shield around that. That. that um, oh yeah, because he said, okay, so the shield that he has around him cannot be seen by the women, and you know they cannot sense it either. Because so, Fear put a shield around him, and the women can't see the shield around him because it's inverted weaves. And Rand's like, I don't really know what that means, but yeah, apparently. They're true because no so it's like it a mirror. So like, how is it you couldn't see the weaves because I was inverted? Inverted. Really, that should just be the answer. Like, do we need to get yeah. any deeper into this? Yeah, and that should yeah. be a T-shirt. Like, Landfear, a couple of F-15s. Yeah, the weaves were inverted. So, like, would you classify it as like a mirror? Like, they're just how do you put it? I can't even say what I want to think. What I'm thinking. You have a F-15 and a M-16, or what was it, M, M- M-29? M-29? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was M-28. MiG-28? MiG the MiGs. Yeah. Yeah, the MiG. And they're inverted. That's that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> maybe it's possible that an inverted weave, maybe the weave itself exists on a different plane that somehow still has a tie to you. Mm. So, you know, like we've seen uh, where the girls could still channel in, in the dream world uh, and it can affect people that are dreaming or whatever and affect, you know, their real life could even kill people. Um, can they weave in the dream? Yeah. Are they a yeah, yeah. dream weaver? Dream weaver. Maybe that's what's going on here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weave that's like out of phase, <laughs> if you will. Okay. It's enough to grip that that person that it's directed to, but unless you know where to look for it, it's not obvious in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything we miss from this point of view before we switch over to our good friend Natty? Maddie Mitnat. I miss real food and hot yeah. wings and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean I can send you a care package. I got your credit card. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want you. I've, already, anything. I, I, I've yeah. already, I've already sent one care package. So, oh yeah. So. Hey, did you? Uh, so we'll I share this story you. real quick. Um, <laughs> at, I, I had a, <laughs> and Alan, you could get the picture ready and 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 show it to people if you'd like. So, uh, had an idea. There was a couple of people asking me about sending care packages early on, and I don't need too much, but I had a few soldiers that they were lacking, so I talked to them. I was like, hey. Would y'all want to put together a care package for some of my soldiers? And then that grew, and there was enough people that wanted to do, like, Christmas care packages, holiday care packages, that I was able to do my whole platoon. So I just put out to my platoon, I was like, hey, um, instead of just getting a random care package where you pick through the one one or two things you might like, why don't y'all put together a list of things, you know, don't go over 40 50 bucks, and that way we can give ideas to these people, and they would happily get you whatever you want. One of my guys wanted to be a smart ass, and he put like, you know, four or five things that were good, legitimate ask. And at the bottom, he was like, and a pink dildo with Staff Sergeant Harris's name on it. So immediately I thought, well, let me see if Chris and Alan want to get on this care package thing, because if I hand them that list, 
they're most definitely going to find a way to get a pink dildo with my name on it. And gosh, Alan is the best. Sure enough. He knew exactly where to go. Oh, let me say this. The it was perfect. quickness that you got that in yeah. really threw me completely off. It's like, he, he had a contact. Like, he had a like, connection. He had one at the house. No, he had one at the house <laughs> waiting. He's like, one year he's going to ask for this for some with reason. my name and I'm gonna... on it. <laughs> so for, for everybody listening who can't uh, see the picture, um, so the, the dildo just, itself just, was uh, very uh, simple. Uh, and in it was like white, but with pink writing, it said uh, SSG Harris for Staff Sergeant Harris. But what really made it was the box it came in. And when you open it up underneath the lid, it said, go fuck yourself. And on the front of the box, it says, with love. <laughs> and it is so fucking perfect. <laughs> he opened it up and started dying laughing. Uh, and we're, we're actually, we have a Christmas tree in the barracks. And we're trying to find a way to, to hang it in the Christmas tree and see how many people notice it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so we're keeping it on the dl but we are going to display it because we had a conversation i was like now do you tuck this thing away in your in your footlocker and risk that you know either during some inspection or if you have it open someone sees that you're hiding a dildo with my name on it or do you just put it on full display that way people know it's kind of a joke so we we agreed that it needs to be on display you don't you don't hide this and risk somebody stumbling on it because that would be awkward it's cooler if you just put it on display then then everybody's in on the yeah. joke so I, right. I thought it was hilarious alan you definitely came through there well done uh, uh, oh, thank you yeah thank you yeah i just went and looked up uh, online like personalized dildos uh and i found an etsy shop that sold them so i was like yeah. all right cool thank you etsy. and they etsy. turned around like it was like a day like same day delivery y'all i'm telling you they're making their holiday like, money uh, they reached through the hole, like they opened up a black hole, reached through and handed it to Alan, and then yeah, he got it quick. Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. what the the Forsaken do. And just on another like, note, shit. Alan just started an Etsy shop. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> now we okay. switched to our friend Matt Coffin. Oh, this Matt is Coffin. this is great. Yeah. So, yeah, so Matt's pleasantly drunk, sitting beside the campfire with Kadir. Um, they're singing songs. He's, yeah, cup. he's singing it. He's dry and kiss yeah. the girl so they'll not cry. And toss the dice until we fly to dance with Jack of the, the Shadows. Yeah, um, Jack of the Shadows. Um, so, and then Matt realizes that song has not been sung for like hundreds of years it's like mm-hmm. he's not even sure if he's singing an old tongue or not he's like uh, it's like a fine song to be singing about mm-hmm. death one of the wagon drivers shot in a heavy uh lugard 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 yeah accent mm-hmm. yeah it's it's on the map it's a mm-hmm. place yeah he no, said, no, I heard no one's heard it old since. grandmother talk about mm-hmm. jacko the shadows yeah no one's heard it, it since right al de Charfell, <laughs> which apparently is a long time ago Yep. So back back in the yeah. the Arter Hawkwing days, yeah. So this part is really. I need to know more about these doors. No, I need yeah. to know more about this line. He was not as juicy as he looked by half, <laughs> but there had indeed been too many cups of Osakwai or whatever. But what is Osakwai? What is Osakwai? What's, what's am I juicy? 
is oh you're always juicy. I mean, I'm drinking coffee, so maybe I'm not juicy. But Chris has been sipping on Gentleman Jack, so is Chris. Are you a little juicy now? I might be a little loosey juicy. Well, juicy. How do you? Can you get juicy off of White Claws, Alan? Is that even possible? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Are you um, feeling juicy right now? I, th- I feel a little juicy. A little ju- okay. I'm not. I'm not. I think, juicy. I, might, I'm, I think I might just start playing some some juicy Biggie Smalls. You mm-hmm. know, just do some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I highlighted that word juicy because it Jordan caught me off guard with that one. Yeah. I don't know. Did he come up with that? Did Harry go? No. Let's use juicy. Like. Who picked that word? Well, <laughs> that was the predecessor to Moist. <laughs> yeah, right? I guess they thought it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, Matt's kind of getting a little bit perturbed about his memories as well. And he's kind of, one, is accepting it, but at the same time, kind of weary about it because he doesn't want to say it in front of other people. But at the same time, um, he, you know, can read now, Old Tongue, because he looks at his spear and it gives the... Um, the description of that and actually the writing on it and what it means, you know, the two Ravens, which I thought was really, really cool that actually the description says thought and memory on them. So if you know anything about Norse mythology, um, those were the names of uh, Odin's two Ravens. We talked about yeah. that way back. Way back. Yep. In the beginning. In the beginning. there was. It the was Ravens. not the episode, but it was a episode a that episode. we had. <laughs> it was. It was. Italicized APA. Um, I, you know, Ian, you made some comments about Matt back in the day about how he's got to be either a great leader or he's got to be. No, you said he's got to be a king. Yeah, maybe. In his own right. And mm-hmm. Matt is the one that seems still closest drawn to Rand. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. like, Matt's. Memory is going to be crucial to Rand as he starts to slowly slip into his madness because Matt can explain to Rand what he's really hearing and seeing and feeling and thinking. Put it in context. Yeah. A context that he understands because he's getting his memories from times before back. I could see that. That'd be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, if we can link, and I don't know, like, is the linking only between those that channel? Oh, are we saying yeah. Matt's not going to be able to channel? I think they're all going to be channeling by the end of this. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't believe that. I, I still think we discover this is something everybody can learn. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there was some way for those two to share a deeper bond. That might be, like, the key for Rand. And kind of Matt's purpose. Is that what that's what Matt is really missing right now is a purpose to life. Sure. What if we go off the rails and as Matt goes further down this this character development of learning his past and becoming like who he is now and everything he used to be, what if what if it puts him at odds with the dragon? What if it puts him at odds with Rand? I mean, that's mm-hmm. still a possibility too. We might get two books from now where they're battling each other. That's true. Interesting. I agree with that. We got a lot of books ahead, and that wouldn't be surprising. Interesting. You know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So also, you say they're drinking Usquai, but they're also playing a drinking game, too, which just reminds me of Stump. I don't know if you guys have ever played the drinking game. Yeah, um, with the, the hammer and yeah, nail. With the, with the hammer and the nail. No. You toss a hammer in the Yeah, so drink, drinking game Stump. If you've never played it, I don't recommend playing it. This is my disclaimer that if you hear this on this podcast and you go play and get hurt, that's your own damn fault. I am not liable. Cannot be sued for telling you how to play this game. Um, so you get a stump, uh, like a 
log stomp and you get some nails and you get a claw hammer. And the idea is everybody gets their own nail and you nail your hammer in a little bit and then you toss the hammer in the air and you flip it and you try to catch the hammer and then you get to hammer someone else's nail. And there's a bunch of rules like you drive someone else's nail in, they lose, or if it sparks the social, there's a bunch of different rules for it. But um, the whole point is you get drunker and drunker and you're throwing a hammer in the air, um, which is these people are throwing knives, getting drunker and drunker. So kind of the same idea. What, what could dangerous. go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun drinking game. Um, actually, uh, yeah. That, I might have a few stumps out back to have other nails in them. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Moraine was nagging Rand about, you got to have a plan, got to do something, yada, yada, yada. And probably for dis- different reasons. The, the level that I work at um, within the military, I know it's dangerous to have a lot of idle time for your soldiers because they will sit around and come up with games like these. Um, I was deployed before with some combat engineers, and that's where I learned that you can take uh, the cleaning rod and a blank, and you can shoot the, the rod into a tree. And we would take turns to see who could get their cleaning rod to go deeper in the tree. Um <laughs> <laughs> and that's dangerous in so many ways and bad for the mm-hmm. rifle and anyways. But when we get bored, when soldiers get bored, they get creative and they come up with some crazy ass shit to entertain themselves. So if they sit mm-hmm. around and just make camp and hang out, there's going to be crazier games than this that they come up with. It's, it's oh, inevitable. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And the only reason why Matt's playing this game too is because he's trying to gamble, but no one will gamble with him anymore because he just takes all their money. So they'll play this game because this is an IEL game. And IEL are like, well, you know, this one takes a little more skill than just luck. But Matt's still like kicking their ass <laughs> taking all their money. Nice. Um, well, Matt has yeah. kind of learned or inherited the idea that his luck is beyond the dice. And now he's. You know, I don't want to say he's channeling because I don't think this is channeling. But then there was the statement. But no, but see, there was the statement, though, because you you mentioned that maybe they all get to channel, that they all, like, within those that can channel, some are stronger in things than others. So maybe he, he is channeling and he's shifting the odds. Maybe he's bending, you know, time and space to his favor. Ooh. Like he's okay. seeing it happen. He's telling, you know, reality. He's shaping reality and going, well, this is what I see happening. Make it so. Mm-hmm. Make it so. What are we in Star Trek now? Sure. Make it so. Engage. Make it so. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, yeah. So as he's doing his knife tricks, uh, a female maiden, uh, well, maiden comes up. And... You mean his new wifey? Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> I like the way you work it. No diggity. No diggity. I got the bag. Got the bag. <laughs> yeah. So Melindra comes up. Uh, so what do you think about Melindra? Uh, she comes up and is like, I like the way you work that knife. She's bold. I like her. <laughs> She's my character of the night. Look, I... I don't know if I could say this without getting a lot of negative comments. I know a woman that knows what she wants. Right. So, and and this isn't singling out women uh, because there's men that do it too. But when you have, if you're a, if you're a person in a position of influence, wealth, power, whatever, you have people that come out and try to attach to you, 
and I won't say take advantage of that, but, um, you know, maybe you try to ride on your, ride on your coattails, I guess in the best scenario, they try to match with you. Um, so y'all can, you know, both rise to a, a more prominent position, but I definitely got the feel that she's like, all right, going after Rand might be out of my league. Um, but here's an opportunity to get, get with somebody that is an influencer in a position of power. And that's kind of the vibe that I got here. I mean, she might have her own, we don't know much about her to know what she brings to the table. So I don't want to take away from that, but she's definitely, I don't think she just thinks Matt is cute. I, I think she recognizes, uh, oh, some, some abilities power. and power and power influence. Power. Right. So that, I think that's more what she's drawn to here. So, I mean, good for her. That's, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. Matt also needs yeah. to be careful because there might, there might be people trying to link up like that, uh, for all the wrong reasons, you know, and take well, advantage I, of them. I, I distinctly remember some stories from some old vets who had told us about their, these are very old stories, their time in Germany and how the German women would fight their way back into the American camps. Oh, yeah. To get with American men. He's an American man. They recognize the, the power man. and the, you know, the advantage there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Look, look at, at night when we're walking up and down the block, uh, there's a couple of all-female barracks here, and they definitely come out asking if they can make us tea or if we want, you know, mm-hmm. some noodles or something like that. And they're... I mean, we, we say no, right? We don't go in the barracks. That's a no-no. But they're, they're very much looking for um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a, an easier process than what the State Department is offering here for citizenship mm-hmm. and quality of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, also, they're cooped up in barracks for months at a time, and they're, they're human beings. So, you know, yeah. they, they got needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I love your mustache. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I've had to give some polite nose and some rather impolite nose, also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had to deal with the awkward situation. Um, I was in Indonesia and I was walking down the street, and there was a female school because you know, they separate men and female um, um, for for learning, um, especially in the Muslim communities. And um, I was walking down, and a girl comes running out and sees me and says, do you speak English? Do you speak English? And I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, come into her classroom and teach us English. And, like, walk in, and, like, halfway, and I, they're like, I was like, what do you want me to say? Like, just talk to us, and like, so we can practice. And I was like, start talking, and, like, someone in the back room says, do you have, and, like, they ask a question, like, do you have wife at home? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I see exactly. where this is going. <laughs> yep. I was like, and I'm leaving on that note, but thank you guys like, for letting me talk. No, no, you must continue to practice with us. And, and then the spankings. Wait, what? <laughs> I need a spanking too. <laughs> yes, we all get spankings. Me, me, me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bring, bring us back, Alex. Bring us back. Okay. So, okay, bye. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, yeah, they had this interchange with Melindra and Matt, and uh, Matt gives Melindra, uh, I guess, a, a necklace. Um, they married. Before and... we go that far, let's talk about how dope that knife throw was. Oh, yeah. We, let's talk about we it. We have to. So, like, it was Matt's dope. goading the IEL. First off, the goal that Matt has grown as he gets these memories. Like, he, at one point, Matt wouldn't even look at an IEL without, like, flinching. Now he's like, of course, he's been around him, so he's gotten used to him. He's like, you know what? You could throw some wood in the air, and I could hit it with blindfold on. 
Like, y'all are nothing compared to me. Y'all are the deadliest warriors in the absolute freaking world, but I'm better than you. Because y'all aren't too afraid. You're pansies. Come on now. And it, it, it worked. Like... It worked against the IEL. Matt managed to goad them into this bullshit. Like, they were like, oh, he's not going to do it. So he literally takes the scarf that was around his neck where the noose once hung, like, ties it over his eyes, and he's like, just let me, let me know when you throw it in the air. I'll take care of it from there. And then they're like, mm-hmm. go. And then Matt grows Nailed a beard, it. and the dagger comes out of his beard like magic, and whoosh, he sneezes knives out of his facial hair <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's learning a lot from tom here. yeah he really did <laughs> channeling tom here yeah definitely yeah definitely getting cocky about it that's for sure um yeah and that's when melinda comes out she's like, can you do it again he's like oh yeah definitely <laughs> she's like can you hit that mark every time <laughs> when i feel like it you know if i'm in the mood no. sure yeah she's it's like good. let's see how good you are with those fingers yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that knife, and, and that right, knife—that's the conversation behind the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Matt doesn't really know how to handle this whole conversation uh, with Melindra. Um, he's definitely at the very end of his like, um, I feel a little strange. <laughs> I wish Perrin like, was here. The, he knows how to deal I with wish, girls. Uh, <laughs> Rand would know what to and, do. Well, and then Rand shows up. Uh, Rand walks by. And, that was right uh, after that he proposed to her. Right? No, Rand. Right did, Rand did not walk by. It wasn't Rand. It was no, Luz Theron. But it was, but it was right at the proposal. Like, I, you know, in my right. mind, this giving of the necklace. Like, in Indian culture, they don't wear rings. They married now. They wear necklaces. Yeah, they, they married. They, they married. He yeah. don't know it yet, but that's wifey. But that's, that's wifey. Yep. So you think, like, Matt's going to accidentally get a wife like this? I <laughs> really do. Like, if any character does it, it will be Matt. No, I, I'm, I'm convinced that they are bonded now. Like the, I am too. Like the minute I read, the minute it was like, oh, he gave her these precious stones on a on a necklace. I was like, don't you know anything about Indian cultures? And we know that Jordan draws from all these different cultures. And the women in these cultures don't wear rings. They wear necklaces. <laughs> yeah. At, no joke, Alan. When you were sailing around the world, like we were talking about how you're probably going to end up accidentally married to somebody. Like you're going to get at an <laughs> island. You're going to be talking to the clan chief. He's going to, like, call his daughter over. Both of y'all are going to drink from the same cup. You're going to be like, oh, cool, I'm getting back on the boat. And then she's just going to follow you. You're going to be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm I, I your, your wife. wife now. That's, we are married. <laughs> we, go, we go make babies. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan's yeah. got, got yeah. three wives over yeah. in Indonesia. <laughs> there's, a, there's a light-skinned uh. tribe over there somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> with a, and they just love doing spreadsheets, and they don't know why. They're like, Mom, look what I did on Excel. She's like, that's crazy. (laughs) We don't even have that technology here. You invented it, and then you used it. They're they're drawing Drawing tables in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, so, uh, well, Rand, or whoever he is, uh, walks over, and Matt's like, I'll be right back. I'll go talk to Rand. And he's like, hey, Rand, yo, Rand. And Rand doesn't turn around. He's like, Rand, nothing. He's like, Loose there, and he turned what? Uh, hey, bro, you rang. You rang. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> you rang. Like, that was an interesting moment for me. Mm-hmm. Because at first I thought maybe Ram was kind of ignoring him a little bit. Maybe, or he was just that deep in his thought. 
And if he was that deep in his thought, then subconsciously he's already recognizing himself as Luce Theron. But also, Matt recognized him as Luce Theron. I don't think Matt said Luce Theron out of a place of like anger or being sarcastic or anything like that. Uh, I think it goes to your point earlier that Matt might be able to, with his memories, uh, provide some context for Rand as he's making this transition. So Mm -hmm. I think Matt also sees him or can see him as Luz Theron. So, and, and if that's true, then Matt and who he is and who he's connecting with goes way further back than the Archer Hawkwing days. It goes back to the Luz Theron days. So mm-hmm. going down that train of thought, if we think that is Matt, like who's Matt actually connected to and what was his role way back in time when there was a Luz Theron, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so then after that, he goes back to, I guess they, well, then they talk for a little bit about his intentions with the, or Matt tells his intentions to leave with Kadir, and Rance is like, all right, I won't stop you. Have fun in Tarvalin. Hmm. <laughs> Matt's like, what? Um, and you get the whole Tavirian pull thing conversation in Matt's head. Um, well, yeah, he's like, you know, I've never been the one to make you come. You've always come on your own. He's like, well, that's BS. I keep being pulled. He's like, well, you know, the will weaves. But I think at this point, it'd be good for you to go get some fresh air, new perspective. Yeah. Uh, start exactly. to appreciate the power that I offer you. Yeah, and then the last thing that Rand says to Matt is just not to trust Kadir if you go with him. Um, yeah, and at this point, this is when Melendra catches back up with them, and Rand moves on. Um, and I love this next little interchange because Matt's just like, I got one question for you though. Are you, are you the daughter of the nine mints? Hmm, <laughs> what is that? So you remember when he was, um, um, in with the snake people, yeah. uh, the, the, um, uh, in the red and Viridian. Yep. When he got the spear and everything like that, that mm-hmm. was one of the things they told him is that he's going to marry the daughter of the nine moons. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things they told him, um, like one of the truths or whatever. I think it was, was either that or it was the one in tier. I can't remember mm. which one it was. Yeah. That was the one in tier. Sorry. Tier yeah, everybody corrected me yep. real fast. The one in tier because they tell you truth. Sucks. So that was one of the ones they. That's when he lost all of, of his wishes he... because he had a game plan going in. And then the first yep. answer, he was like, wait, that's bullshit. So he asked something else to give him another answer. He's like, wait, no, that's bullshit too. Wait, what? That... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So in tier, that's when he got the answers. And that's, um, and one of the answers was he was destined to marry the night of, uh, the, the daughter of nine moons. So he's been going around asking pretty much every girl he meets, like, are you the daughter of the nine moons? Are you the daughter of the nine moons? Are you? So, um, and she answers like, no, but, uh, there's a lot of things I can do on her moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the the necklace, hubby. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for the necklace. I'm not going to give him my spear for you, by the way, but Hmm. we can definitely, uh, Hmm. have some fun. (laughs) So. I think that that earns five giggities right there. So that's a couple giggities. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a couple. Watch the daughter of the nine moons be one of our female forsaken or chosen or something like that. And and that's mm. what leads Matt to be opposed to Rand or something like that. Mm. So it's going to be some interesting. It's going to be some woman that splits them up. Okay. So you think, you think the daughter of the moons is forsaken? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. I didn't get a sure. I got an interesting. Hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't know how to take that. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, that's how we wrap this chapter up with that whole, uh, with them going, I guess, to knock boots. Um, I'd assume so. I guess so. that's the, 
That's the assumption. Yeah. Oh, there's a nice conversation in there, though. She's like, let me whisper in your ear something here real quick. <laughs> um, I think, like, one of the things that I found really interesting was the whole idea of, you know, if you leave Matt, don't trust anyone. Specifically mm-hmm. those in the caravan. Yeah. So even with Matt, you know, we know Rand is still holding a lot close to himself. Like he's not giving Matt any type of information any more than he would give Moraine or Lan or Egwene. So we can see that level of distrust between the group has definitely grown. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much, I don't want to say a one-sided mistrust, but the only person that he's asked information from is Matt. Yeah. But he's not giving information to Matt to that extent. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Communication. <laughs> Communication's in the problem. It's a problem in the Will of Time. Say it ain't so. No. Well, we've nope. never touched on that before. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. No, no, not at all. I, I love so, yeah. I love that she's uh, uh definitely taller than Matt. So as they go yeah, to, yeah. as they go the to knock inches. the boots, she's gonna toss him around. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like Matt's the kind of character that'd be down for that. I don't think Matt cares I mean, yeah. that she's taller. Yeah, he's so. up for a challenge. No. Yeah. I, I don't get the impression that he's has a problem with that at all. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so that's yeah, that's how we end. Um, so anything we missed? I'm sure we did, but I miss broccoli. Actually, I haven't had any since uh, I've been here. I know, and it like you miss a lot. I kind of crave it. Mm. Some like with some cheddar cheese on it, like that really cheesy broccoli. Oh yeah, that's really good. And and not to gross y'all out, but like regular bowel mm-hmm. movements, like yeah. you know, I'm just old enough that that's important, you know. And I was clockwork, like six thirty mm-hmm. between six thirty seven a.m. every day. But now I'm working night shift, yeah. and that throws it off. Plus, I'm eating all this yeah. garbage food and drinking coffee out the wazoo and nicotine out the wazoo, yeah. and it's I'm all messed up. It man, it happens. Like when I was at sea, uh, the amount of salt that you get into your diet oh, because yeah. you're you're just blocked up all the time because of salt. Yep. Like you have so much salt. Everything's dried up in there. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it hits at like the oddest moment. You're like, oh, it is time. <laughs> the time has come. Yep. <laughs> Anywho. Get some, some okay. Lion King music starts playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. I, I, now I'm about to give a talk. You know, you ever had a good one where it's like, I, you know, it's, a, it's, it's that nice built up one that just yeah it just you know, makes your day it makes you feel day, faster right? lighter afterwards like everything is just <laughs> I, uh, yeah i've come i've come out of the uh, out of the bathroom for my wife's like are you okay i was like i was like the, the heavens opened the angels sang it was, <laughs> it's it was glorious <laughs> i'm gonna go run a half marathon now like i just have so much energy this is great lighter faster anyway. stronger Good times. Um, yeah. So if we didn't miss anything else, um, let's go with, uh, I guess you had a few predictions. You have Forsaken for um, uh, Doubt of Nine Moons. Any other big predictions going forward that we have? I do believe Matt and Rand are going to be opposite each other at some point moving forward. Work, working towards opposite goals, maybe even to the point of fighting each other. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna leave that one alone because I I would disagree with you. But yeah, I mean I'm reaching there. I don't have a whole lot to go by, but it, it's a big reach. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indubitably, I like took the words out of my mouth. Um, all right. So favorite character? Let's, uh, Chris. Do you have any predictions before? We... Well, I gave the one earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like 
with the blues having left the tower, there's got to be some type of hideaway that they're using that is going to be kind of like the introduction for Egwene into the life of a particular sect. Okay. And though I don't think she'll be blue or want to be blue, I think she'll kind of be forced into blue. Okay. That she's going to be blue also? Mm-hmm. She could be brown or she could be blue. I think she'll be blue. Or she could be violet sky. She can be anything she likes. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to jump on favorite character first. Uh, I'm going to go with the cheesy obvious. I try to be unique, but I got to go Matt here. And it really comes down to that okay. knife throw. I mean, how cool is that? Okay. Throws a blindfold yeah. on, Chappelle. Yeah. And, and Matt's... He's been teetering on this precipice for a while now, but he, he's, I would say, coming into his own, but he's coming into his own now and what he used to be and everything, and I'm I'm really excited to see how all that comes together. Plus, he's still, he's got luck on his side. Yeah. I like it. The knife throw was awesome. Good deal. Chris, your favorite character? <sighs> Our new Aiel wife. <laughs> oh, okay. She's an opportunist. She, stuck, she snuck her way Malindra. in there real quick. And she took it. She was like, all right, I accept. She had him giggling yeah. as they walked away, just whispering in his mm-hmm. ear. He's like, oh, that's that. really what Oh, yeah, all me. of that. I will have I've all been of in that. that Bro, what's got you smiling like that? Huh, I've been <laughs> in that situation. That's really nice. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to put what? Where? Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sergeant Harris's he, name on it. Oh. <laughs> say, say it again. She, she's, she's whispering. She's like, Mufasa. <laughs> what did you say? Mufasa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part of that whole movie. I could start down that track, but I won't. It was late and I'm tired. <laughs> but that was the best. <laughs> that's my number one rant why did they remove that when they made that live action they took uh, out the best part of yeah. the entire two two <laughs> three parts they took that out I'm sorry I know I'm going way off they took that yeah. out they changed the song mm-hmm. be prepared mm-hmm. and wow. then are oh, you ready? Yep, 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 yep. For some bacon. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. He's a big pig. Yep, yep. You can be a big, 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 too. They took that song out. That was the best song yeah. of the whole movie. Yeah. Was Coconuts in there? I didn't remember that part. Uh, I was so um, pissed off at the end. Um, <laughs> so bad. Got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are. We're standing in the room. All right. So next time on The Wheel of Reads, we'll be doing two chapters again, four and five. Um, and the next chapter's title is Twilight, so we get some vampires, mm-hmm. and then uh, among the wise ones, yeah, glistening, and then among the wise ones. So that's the crossover chapter. You know, eventually they had to do a crossover. So, you know, we had the musical chapters, uh, Twilight, hmm. yeah, and then among the among the the wise ones. Well, we do have Bella, so it makes sense. Twilight yeah. episode. Bella. Yeah. I did. I did a Bella slice. I think last up. Did I, do, I, I don't know. One of these episodes I actually did. Yeah. No, did I splice in Bella? I might have. I don't know. I might have the very end after all the notes. <laughs> I mean, she was in the last episode, so. Yeah. Anyway. <coughs> so yeah. The end. That's that's it. That's uh, the end. What do you what do you guys think about those chapter titles? Fate, Twilight. Fade to black. Um, among the the wise ones. Nothing. Twilight. Okay. Eh. 
I, I, okay. I have no idea. Like, I do want to think about going into the dream world because, you okay. know, Twilight mm-hmm. is also always associated with Moon for me. So maybe something special happens in the Twilight Hour. If we're still in Roydian, maybe Roydian comes to life with, you know, thoughts of the past. Maybe there's still some residual power. Who knows? Okay. And then with, um, you know, the time with the with the wise ones wise or whatever. Ones. I, mm-hmm. Get some Egwene. I guess I'll say, yeah. I hope it's an Egwene chapter. Um, yep. I've mentioned before, you know, Egwene has a great advantage here uh, to learn from a group of channeling women uh, that are not white tower that are not bound by the oaths uh, they got a completely different culture and take on the use of the power i know their focus is teaching her how to walk mm-hmm. the dreams but she has the opportunity to really expand and learn i won't say more but different things than what the tower could have ever taught her so sure. uh, seeing how she grows and learns from this is going to be pretty cool yeah Sounds good. Well, I'll go ahead and finish this up. So um, how we can be found is at The Will Reads, um, which is uh, uh, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, YouTube, if you just want to watch me, because eventually we'll get Ian Chris on some videos, eventually. <laughs> and in theory, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of my stuff on YouTube is spoilery, but I put spoiler warnings before every video, so you can watch like five minutes in, and it's like, this has spoilers all the way through the end of the books, so don't watch anymore, um, if you haven't read it. Um, but some of it's, yeah, other stuff. So, yeah, lots of videos there. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, thewillreads.com is our uh, website, where you can find links to all sorts of cool stuff, like uh, our Discord server, which is a fun place to hang out. We have lots of new readers. Um, love to hear their thoughts. We have talks about the TV show where people can share their thoughts about that. We have you can listen to us live uh, if you're a patron. And occasionally we open it to everyone, um, so you have to be on Discord to get that. Um, and you also find links to our merch, which we have lots of stuff and new, new designs coming. I've been saying that for a while. Um, I, I, I got confirmation that that's being worked on again currently. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have some new T-shirt designs. Um, so anything we give away, you can usually go buy yourself. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's some cool stuff. I got a t-shirt actually the other day, not from our store, but actually Rob, you know, for the weekly real news, um, he sent me a t-shirt. So I don't know if you guys can see my camera, but check this one guy out. Yeah. So he sent me that t-shirt. Um, it's a flicker, 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 flicker t-shirt. Um, so Yeah. And then um, uh, also find links to our Patreon, which is uh, a great way to support us there. Uh, uh, you get access to live episodes for uh, three cents a day or a dollar a month. Um, <laughs> you, you, you too could support a podcast for just three cents a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, also at the higher levels, you get all sorts of other perks too. You can go check it out. There's lots of stuff you can get there. And yeah, um, so that's all I really got for this week, guys. Until next time. Peace. I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for listening to The Wheel Reads. See y'all next time. Delph right now on the voice recorder. Um... Uh, sorry, let me deafen everybody. Mm-mm-mm.
There it goes. All right. Cool. What do y'all right, think cool. about my molestache? That's that's pretty good. Right? Nice, nice. Up oh, six five three twenty five thirty six Did you? Move right, let me move everybody down too. Actually, oh okay, you do. Uh, Are you moving me? I'm crowd? moving. I'm moving everybody down. I'm moving okay. everyone down. First, first all. She's the only one listening to us tonight. No one, no one cares about us tonight. We don't have guests. They're like, ah, yeah, screw it. Yeah, whatever. We'll skip. <laughs> we'll skip everyone. Is there anything else going it's on a, in the a, Wheel of Time? It's like the original. This is going to be like the old school way where you just have Zool listening. That's it. Um, <laughs> I like it. Might have, you know I what? Hey, anything else is going on tonight? Just get it or log in. Why do you keep disconnecting? Well, remember, we're still 20 yeah, minutes early. She can join the show. She can be a guest tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good point. Yeah, we still have to shoot the shit for another 20 minutes. Good hey, can you do a point. one, two, three clap real good quick? Point. Yeah. Ready? One. Wait, Chris is not here. No, I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Your, your video is just gone. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. One. All right, ready? One, two, three. Ooh, Perfect. Everybody's super... delayed. Yeah, but it was super <laughs> I was late. Say, I don't know what's going on. Hold on a second. I'm going to disconnect and reconnect. Says my uploads at sixty percent though. Super delays. Yeah. My uploads at seventy four, but my video is not working. Asmodian for life, the dragon. <laughs> with the government here to help. Yeah, that's love your name, Ian. Hi, I'm with I am with the government. And I'm here to help. Yeah. All the IEL are like, ah, shit. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh... <laughs> that's funny. That's funny stuff. Good times. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, that's because you start late and you've trained your audience not to show up on time. <laughs> all, all in the place claps. Yeah, there's a super delay on Riverside right now. And Riverside's having problems. They have an issue. So it even said everything's going to be delayed. So we're going to have to do like extreme. Do you want to just tonight. zoom with backup audio? And we're, do we're all doing backup recordings. If, yeah, you know what? Let's do that because it's, it's a little better. So let me stop this. We'll zoom. And yeah. unless uh, I get a good zoom, internet connection, go I don't think as long as everybody's recording backup audio, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do back. Let if as long as we have backup, I get individual tracks, we're good to go. So let me yep. do that. We'll do. I'm hanging up. Me too. Uh, call and let's leave that site, and then we're gonna go to Zoomy Zoomies. Where are you, Zoom? Where are you? Come on. I have too many windows open. That's probably half my problem. Still recording. Zoom. Zoom. Um, let's start a new session. All right. Join the computer audio. Turn on video. Participants. Uh, invite. Uh, copy invite link. And oh, shit. Discord can still hear me. Boom, boom, boom. Excuse me. Okay, it was how we send it out. We should be to go. Hopefully, I sorted that all out. And there is our link to Zoomy Zoom Zoom. All right. Close that. There comes Chris. There we go. There we go. That's better. It sounds better already. There's no delay. And here comes Ian. Yeah, of course, you can still hear everybody. Uh, we haven't left Discord. We're just changing what we're recording on. When we closed the other app, I let out a gigantic fart, and then I realized <laughs> Zul could uh, probably still hear me. So, uh, Zul, if you heard that, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> all right, do you, do you want 
you want to try to do the do the clap again? See if it's any better on this one. Go for sure. it. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Much better. Yeah, a lot right closer. There. That felt good. Yeah, that was that felt good. That was a lot closer. So yeah. Um, let's go. Recording in progress. All right. Got it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep oh, the yes. video off just because I don't want to risk it. I, I just horrible connections. So. Mm-hmm. You're good. All good. It'll still be fun. You have to turn the video on just for a little bit because if I do a, a preview video, everybody see that mustache of yours. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to just for. I mean, yep, yeah, right there. I must stash right you there. a question. I must stash <laughs> you a question. <laughs> I love the mustache. I already t- so yeah, I work awesome. night shift. I'm gonna let it come in thick. I'm gonna curl the corners. It's gonna be so out of regulation. Oh, it's not man. even gonna be funny. Yeah. Awesome, that's amazing. Yeah, they're talking about. There's a whole thing article I read the other day about people complaining about how the U.S. military, although they have laxed a little bit on the beard laws, like every other military in the world allows beards. Oh yeah, beards and like, mustaches and everything. Yeah, like you look at Germans, Germany's military or England, they all have beards. It's like, yeah, why is America still like no beard? We've been they don't pushing want your it, hair but is getting loose in enemy territory, and then they're cloning you and learning all of your. Secret. No, hey, we've got to wait. With a beard is a lot more intimidating than a clean-shaven man. I'm telling you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we need a, another generation to move up in leadership positions to make that change because the people that are there now were raised by the old school. This is what you're supposed to look like, and this is what clean cut is. And you know, give it. I say, give it ten more years, and we'll make the change. Yeah, I know some of the special forces have allowed. Yeah, you know, they allow that. Oh yeah. Beards now, but I mean, I've been in situations where we had relaxed grooming standards and. It, you know, when I was in Africa, there were portions of that training uh, when we got there where we very much were encouraged to grow our hair out and, you know, nice. have facial hair and don't look like military. Um, yeah. Later on, when we had other countries coming in and doing ceremonies and stuff, and had to get back in uniform, we, we got cleaned up. But now when we first got in country and it was just the two of us ramming around, we did not want to stand out as U.S. soldiers. Yeah, no, I hear you. Sounds good. Um, I'm just going to put up a quick... Um, Let's put up a quickie. I'm gonna put a quick Patreon. We live, yo. Mm. All right. Um, literally. Oh wait. Let's see if we literally. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll talk about that in the show too. So that would be fun. All right. All right. So what's everybody drinking tonight? <laughs> I've got gingerbread flavored coffee with chocolate milk as a creamer. Oh, that sounds delicious! It's actually pretty good. Yeah, like you say it, but I, like I'm I'm now salivating. Like, but the milk they give us is that stuff that could be stored in like hot temperatures and never goes bad. Mm-hmm. Hence why I have gas all the time. Like, the milk is not supposed to be like that. <laughs> no, that's like quadruple homogenized and uber pasteurized, where it's like water with protein and it. it might as well just give you a protein shake yeah y'all seen what they eat in the matrix when they get into the real world that's what it is <laughs> protein slop <laughs> yeah i'm drinking gentleman's jack Attaboy. which probably is not a good idea since i'm already tired but all right well, not, you, can get, we... you can get retired then mm-hmm. yeah all right um alan's not drinking anything no, I am. I'm drinking pineapple uh, trulies, and then I have a mango truly on deck. So, oh, that's yeah, so cute. We, we got some. Truly, got some pineapple. <laughs> truly, truly, it's cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm multitasking right now before we start. And I it's gluten free. 
I, I'm I'm texting with our with our plans for this weekend. I have started um, drinking truly because they are like one carb a piece. So, yeah, dude, Jake and I found uh, Jake when Jake came in town. We got the new White Claw surges, which are like rather than uh, like five percent, they're eight percent. Uh, I think they're eight or nine percent. They danger. do. Oh, it yeah. Da- Danger eight percent, yeah. They're danger will Robertson. Uh, <laughs> are they do they still taste good? Oh yeah, they still taste delicious. <laughs> so you uh, slam two of them real quick and you're like, What what planet am I on? I'm like never going back. Uh yeah, I got truly just going to Costco. They don't have the surges at Costco and they have the giant truly pack. So but I did see that. I almost picked up the last time I was there. I was like, I still have five in the fridge. I'm good. Yeah. Kind of love America. Yeah. You know, they had some like sensing session with like consumers and they were like, what could we do better to improve our product? And they're like, can you double the alcohol percentage? And the <laughs> like, fuck yeah, we can. Yeah, let's do it. That's easy. That's the American way. They just add another America. shot to it. <laughs> exactly. Well, someone like posted something on TikTok and I did like a whole reaction to it. Where, like there's two types of coffee drinkers. Um, there's a type, you know, they like to put the cream and the sugar in. And then there's the type that just drinks it black and hates the world until they have their coffee. Huh. And, and like, I, I made a video of it and I was like, you know, there's actually a third type and that's me who drinks coffee black, but then actually does a red eye. Cause I put an espresso shot and still drink it black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go extra with this. Roll like, the dice. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to put extra caffeine in it. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I normally drink it black here, but because I'm doing the, the gingerbread coffee, like adding that chocolate mm. milk really, that's a kick yeah. that you, it's hard to pass up. Yeah, uh, I, I usually drink red eyes, so it's usually coffee with a shot of espresso. Makes your mouth go hop, hop, gobble, gobble. Yep, mm, mm. Our, our, our beer, a beer and a shot. Uh, that's usually yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what was it? The there's a bar around here that I don't think it's still open. Uh, Craft sixty. They used to have like the the PBR, like the twenty two ounce PB it's special. So it's five dollars mm, mm. and you get a shot of Fireball and a twenty two ounce like from the big cans of PBR. It was and a that place was that did a cheap, fun. they were a cheap beer plus a cheap shot of whiskey. And it was somewhere around there in Newport News, but it was like $2 and you got a beer and a shot. But it was so nasty, like, oh, yeah. you couldn't even really start with it. You do a couple nice drinks and once you're already lit, switch to that. Oh, we never went to this, movies. we never went to this bar sober. I and mean, this is not right. one of the, yeah. like, let's start, start there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the yeah. bad decision after you've been drinking a while. It's PBR. Too. Yeah, as as Dean just pointed out, that's that's Philly city citywide Philly. <laughs> just five bucks for a pounder of uh, PBR and a shot of Jim Beam. Mm. That sounds yeah. That there sounds like go. Philadelphia. We got that here, buddy. <laughs> it's it's mm. the way to go. <laughs> uh, all of Philly. That's why they're so angry all the time. <laughs> oh shit! I just got a message from Verizon. It says your 4G smartphone ending in, so this number, has 10% remaining of its monthly 15 gigabyte mobile hotspot allowance. Uh, so at uh, some point, if I yeah, if I get kicked off at some point, my bad, I've been streaming too much. Do you have a backup as far as Wi-Fi? Or? Uh, so I have a lead on two different places here on base that will probably let me start recording there. But I, I've, I couldn't iron it out today or yesterday on my days off because I took on this extra duty, which I'll talk about in a little bit when we get in personal life. Um, well, let's let's start going then. If you if we're on a time crunch, yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Okay. Move. Quick, we're gonna move through. All right, ready? Ready, yes. pause.